BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, today is one of the greatest ever do it. Let's just get right into it. Craig Shoemaker. Dude, let me tell you something. You know how you kind of raised me, right? Like, <laughs> I don't even know how old you are. You could be 55. You could be 75. Because you used to listen to me or watch me when I was a kid. When I was 13 years old. 13, okay. It's 1983. How, and you're 50? 52. So almost, wow. thir- I want to say 19, thir- 40 years ago. Okay. Wow. I would be... I was, there was a rock music phase of my career. Yeah. And I used to put on Wake Up to WMMR. Right. And they had, I think it was Joe Bonadonna, but they had the Friday Funnies. Yeah. And you would go on the Friday Funnies and they would pay, play, just think about this, through my clock radio, Five, <laughs> dude, I want to say five minutes because I would put on my school uniform for seventh grade. You just had me a clock radio. Clock radio. <laughs> I would put on my school uniform and I'd put my pants on. I had my black shoes. I had my white shirt. I had my tie that I tied. I had my sweater vest. And I listened to the Love Master. Yeah. Love Master. And Ooh, then that wasn't bad. Not was a little, bad. A little foghorn leghorn. A little. And well, then. Sharp as a bowling ball there, boy. Exactly. <laughs> and then you had another one. There was two bits. They did that one, and he said. Oh, the whistling S's. Snakes. Yeah, he was like. The whistling S's. And yeah. I would cry laughing. Yeah, wow. And it was like you were playing at the Comedy Factory outlet? Yeah, sure. That was where I started, yeah. And I started at 17 also, by the way. I was very young. You, I, Well, I started at 19, so you started you younger really? than me. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you, and I was like, wow, this is, I would cry laughing. And that was how comedy used to be. Yeah, yeah. And well, now, deliver- so wait. Yeah. So my I question you're is, killing it, by the way, lately. I'm doing all right. The word is that you're killing it. Really? Yeah, that's the word. And plus, I saw you one night. You really are. Wait, you mean like... I'll, th- be, I'll be honest with you. When you were first starting, yeah, I was like... Be dishonest. Well, first... <laughs> okay, I'm going to be dishonest. You were the best. <laughs> I, I, was, you know, I, was, I admired you. I, I, I had all your album. And... Uh, your I, album. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. Now, so, so now back to honesty. Yes. When you were on the show... I've never seen, no kidding, a better camera show, better, better hidden camera show yes. ever. 
Thank you. No one's come close. Thank you. You, I can remember you as a bride making me howl laughing. I can tell you the episode. It's in my mind. And I hardly watch television. Vegas. So let's go. Let's start. Exactly. Let's yes. start with that. And the guy was very upset. Anyway, great episode. But all of them were. You are unbelievable characters. Thank you. When you made the transition into stand-up, I wasn't as big a fan. <laughs> when did you ever see me? You don't remember? I, I got you. You used to open for me a few times. Yeah, but I was. But here's the thing is, I was doing stand up my whole career. I know you were, but, but I you really. Were still, you were so yeah, acting. A lot of Yeah, acting, I was acting. Yeah. So your chops weren't real strong. Not at all. Oh, so you agree with me. Oh, 100%. All right. And I, so I wasn't idolizing you. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was actually thinking, how can I tell them that I have someone else opening for me? No, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. Just kidding. No. No, you opened for you a few times, and then we we hung out, and I fixed you up, with, you know, introduced you to somebody. Yeah. Anyway, so so, uh, I I knew obviously you had potential because you were the the greatest actor in television ever, ever at, at what you do. No, I'm serious. You're too kind. No, and and then that part I was going, oh man, if he can work on his chops, but now, but now I get to say it because now you're absolutely on it. You're a comic. You're a true stand-up comedian. You're brilliant. You ad lib. You're in your you're in your pocket. You know who you are. All those things. Check 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 all the boxes. You worked for me not that long ago. Cranky after the show, but other than that, <laughs> well, that's a two that's a two part that's story, two part bro. Story. You're fucking just excited. let me say it. Okay, just let I, me say yeah. it, then we'll move on. <laughs> okay, right. fucking, so, a little you're, cranky. <laughs> your fucking side of the street wasn't exactly clean, but no, not me. The girl you had to fight with, not me. I wasn't even involved. All right. I wasn't even involved. You booked me. So oh, okay. if you oh, book oh, me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I had no idea. I got to bring up something. I had no idea that stand-ups that I've known for years yeah. had this like little like um, like these rules that I had no idea. Tons of rules. I'll tell you one of them was I Jeff, Gar all Jeff Garland a few weeks ago. Okay. I, I, I worked with you him. You have so many things I, I want to talk I, about. And I came backstage and I brought someone with me and I had no idea. It's like in, in the mob terms in the Godfather, it's an infomnia. It was like it was like forbidden that I brought someone backstage with me. And she asked for a photograph with him. But you're kind of that way. You got your little cranky stuff that you have. Okay, let's like, let's like talk. breaking the rules. Let's talk slow. All right, we're talking slow. Jeff Garland, before a show, he's probably like me. He wants to relax. I got you. He doesn't want to have to entertain some random. Uh, go ahead. Let me let me explain this to you. Wow, this is completely where he's coming from. Well, let me. I'm not getting any agreement on this. No, let me. I explain. need someone else in here. Let me explain this to you. Yeah, I did a show years ago. Yeah. At Ontario, mm -hmm. okay, and you know that green room. It's yeah. tight, and it's a great green room. Yeah. Okay. A guy that was opening for me. He opens for me a lot more now, but he was just starting to open for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I walk in the green room. He's in there, which is fine. Even that's a little annoying if I'm in the wrong mood. Okay. He's in there. His buddy is in there. Yeah. And his buddy brought some chick. Okay. Okay. Now stay with me. Okay? I'm with you. Because you. you're a fucking legend. Okay. <laughs> so this is bizarre to me. So stay with me. Bro. <laughs> they're all eating. I'm like, dude, he's like, oh, that's my friend, blah, blah. Ooh. He's a comic. Oh, he's Ooh. a comic. Oh, I'm with you. Oh, really? Where? I'm with you. Where's this Comedy Central? Like, dude. 
And the girl, some fucking rando fucking Should I apologize BJ? to Jeff? Well, here's what I it is. I should write him a so note it's right like, now. Well, dude, you're better than all of us. So, And you've done this longer, so you should know it's like, dude, we don't want that shit. You don't want that. Would well, you? Well, no, if you ask me, that you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm different that way. So you don't give a fuck no, no, if no. somebody who, a random person no, brings no, no, a no. random and a random? It, it depends. Everything depends on the situation. He was eating on my bill. Everything depends. He ate my I, fucking I, bill. I, by the way, I'm in agreement on that one. And plus, it's, and wasn't going up. Plus, it's too many people anyway. And I hate when they so say he's a comic. You. Just because they say they're a comic doesn't mean they're a comic. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So okay. So and I don't know. Maybe Jeff was working on a new shit. Maybe he was obsessing about a bit. Who knows? I mean, right? I right. wouldn't have done that. What I did? Yeah, I would have him. I would have gave him space. <laughs> Okay. I mean, he's a fucking legend, dude. Give the guy space. I got it. Okay, but I got it. but I get it. You're got... more of a you're more of a commune. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I I just thought it was more of a vibe because, you know, I was just doing a guest thing, which I never do, by the way. That's really rare. You know, I just do yes. my headline ninety minutes, and I have I have one opener, and usually they don't do that. So maybe, all right. So yes. I'm wrong. Let's move on. You're not wrong. I'm gonna, no, I'm, yes, I am. I'm going to write. I am the type of, say, I'm a mea culpa type of guy. Unlike, I'm from Philadelphia, but I'm also California. I like to say I'm stuck between namaste and kiss my ass. That's where I live in that space. <laughs> I live right in that space all the time. I could do a kiss my, I could have gone kiss my ass to you, but I'm going to go namaste. You're absolutely correct. Well, well hold on. Let's go back. Yeah. I want to talk about, because I think we should do the whole pod like this, because this is fascinating. So listen to me. Like what? Well, first of all, I want to get my flowers because you were giving me flowers. Of course I wasn't up to that one. I want to go back to what you heard about me. Then I want to go back to how I opened <laughs> for you. What? Who are saying this about me? Jamie, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I, the circuit, no, the circuit is saying I'm killing it now. Let me tell you, I'm trying to tell you. Okay. I tour around the country and I don't see anyone. I I just did an improv set the other day. It was very nice. Got to work with Jeremy Piven, got to work with the David Spade, my old friend. Tim Allen. I mean, Tim Dillon. I think he was a a killer lineup. Yeah, killer lineup. So I'm, I'm starting to do once in a while, but I'm, I have a hard time. I'm a marathoner, not a sprinter. You've oh, seen my show. 100%. Like a marathoner. Like, yes. And I don't think you know many people can do the marathon like this. No. But I not necessarily, that's not my race is to sprint, you know? So I have the callbacks and it's developed. You're better but, in an hour and a half than you exactly, are at 15. Exactly. Gotcha. So, so, you know, and I also don't look funny, you know? They resent me from the minute I walk on the stage. They go, this guy bowls with my dad or this guy... This guy's an oppressor, whatever it is. Yeah. When I walk out, there's nobody's going feeling sorry for me. I have to talk them into I had hard life. Yes. So anyway, that's those are the reasons. But I, so now what I do though is I'll say who's killing it out there. I do little testers. For instance, actors who switched to not that you did, but actors who switched to comedy like Jeremy Piven. Yeah. I heard kills it. Yeah, he's killing. But it. he's got chops now. So I like because I get a little. He's already a natural performer. He's performing right, but I that. but there's a bunch of them though that aren't good. Yeah, exactly. And I'll find out who they are, and you know if they're drawing, and you know all that kind of stuff. I want to know who draws. So I check you out, and the word is from everyone, from club owners, venues, comics, everyone kills every time. Like you are a bona fide, which is why. I, you're the first call I made when I'm helping this guy book his room. I told the guy he didn't know who you were. 
And I look at that look. I mean, that was a little ego right there. At all? Little, little ego right there. I, at all? You're like, he did. The guy runs a fucking room exactly. in Carson City. Listen, you would think he listen, would know me. Hey, I'm not kidding you. He didn't know anyone on my list. <laughs> all right, good. He didn't know Caroline Ray. All right, well, that makes me feel better. But you're like, he didn't know you, capitalized I you. wasn't doing it like that. Yes, That's you how you did. heard it, you yes. insecure shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking probably. <laughs> I'll admit that. If I'm glad I got it on camera. You look like, I didn't know me. Well, because you're like, he didn't know who the fuck I you were. Boy, the attitude behind that, like I was really doing that. Like uh, I was trying to humiliate you and shame you. He didn't know you, you worthless fucking nobody with all the shit on your walls that says a giant career. He didn't know any of this. Okay, so go ahead. So anyway, so I said to the guy, look, he so he trusts me. The guy, for some reason, really likes me. So I booked Caroline Ray. And then you were the first call I made to book work this guy's room. He pays decent money. And and I, so it's a favored nations thing. I worked it out when I so I said, I think I've got a group of people that could do it for that. Yes. And I've got a list of those people, of which you're at the top of the list. Very sweet. On people that I know will kill it and draw a little bit. Thank you. There you go. So that's how it came up with him. A little but it bit. comes up with a lot of people though. I just put the word out there. I go, who's doing it? Because I don't get to see them. I don't get to see you. Yes. Except for the one night at the Canyon Club. And you're awesome. Yeah, I, I still that. remember like you ad libbing. And I and I also checked your podcast out a few which I watched nobody's podcast but yours. I checked yours out a few times. Nobody. I don't watch one sing I watch Russell Brand and you. That's a big compliment. Oh, he's the best. He's amazing. Can I say that that he's the best? He's incredible. Like, yeah, I watch him. I won't put him above you, but you can put him above is, me. Is he tied with you? He's, <laughs> I don't want you to do the here's face the difference again. Well, <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> no, but you're like this guy who books <laughs> a Pacoima fucking dining hall. He don't know what the fuck you are. You fucking added a little extra. He don't know what the fuck you are. I love, I love the insecure are. Philly. Right? Uh, yeah, out comes the Philly. Wait, so wait, let's go yeah. back. Okay. First of all, We're these are to, huge, I want to go back to the clock radio. <laughs> these are huge compliments coming from you. Oh, awesome. Cause, dude, Why you're, are you in them? I'm not making well, it up. Well, I want to, because first of all, before yeah. I get into myself, I'm going to tell you, you're, <laughs> well, you're incredible, dude. You are oh, you. what I call a comic who, you to me are a performer. That's what yeah. a comic is. A, a great comic, I believe, in my opinion, is a yeah. performer. Who can possibly write? But I'm not the best writer. I'm more like an actor-outer. And then jokes come out of those moments. Like Louie told me, God rest his soul. He's like, I write on stage. You know, and he would go up and... He does. And That's he, the guy who was also in the pocket. He's, he was in his body just like you are now. But you didn't... Weren't before. No! You didn't have a point of view yet. Oh, I had none. I mean, dude, Mark Lano would tell me all the time. He was like, you have no point of view. So oh, it's, he did? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was like... but. But, but now, now but, we get it. But coming now, from you, this yeah. is a huge compliment because I think you are such an entertainer. So I appreciate that. So I have to say this, though. is Though. In comedy, well, yeah. it's fascinating yeah. because, you know what's funny? I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like, I always have done comedy. But I used comedy as a way to get on. Like, your generation, which is a... a earlier than my generation, people don't understand how it was so different. So it was like, you get known as a comic, yeah. you get your TV spots, you headline on the road, you get your development deal, you get your sitcom, you get your movie vehicle, you never go back to the clubs. 
Yes. That's how it used to be. And somewhere in 2014. Is that when it was? Kev, I fucking Kevin Hart played Madison Square Garden, and next week he was at Flappers. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, working on my new shit. And it was like yeah. social media made us all, and like you would see 10 headliners that were selling arenas doing one show. And it was all That's like- happened a lot lately. Yes. Yeah. And so it was like- Unbelievable. What? I'm going, what are they doing? So it's like- it's almost if I have a night off. I'm a night off. Yes. So I think it's we, we all became social. There wasn't like you know open micers could be on the same show as known headliners, yeah. and it's a much more communal thing. But the issue is it never stops now. Like I would like I used to do colleges. I do three colleges in a row. Ooh. Make seventy five thousand. Yeah. And the club would offer me t- two nights, and I'm like, why? And then my agent was smart enough to go, well, because you got to get good. Oh. And so I could ride 30 minutes on just my fame in college and have a sure. 20 more and then where you're from for the last 10. Yeah. So and I'd have a good opener for Tell me. a couple Nev Campbell stories and yeah. they're good, right? And we're, and we're great. And, yeah. you know, Bill Dawes opened up for me, gave me some punchlines, and it was done. Yeah. But then I would go I and- He's another one. He's a killer. He, by the way, he's another one that said thing, good things about you. Thank you. And Jeremy Piven. He told me about Jeremy as well. He opens for him. Yeah, Jeremy's killing it. And yeah, I love Jer- I just worked with him the other day. Yeah. First time ever. And I complimented him. I said, look, I, I look for the actors, you know, because there are some that they just go on their name like you used to. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I know, but it's not true. I know. Because, but here's you're the just, thing. You're telling me it's true in the same sentence. That you weren't as good as you are no, now. No, 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 I was. Right. 100%. But what I want to say is, you're no, that is true. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I was doing both. And so it's like, for, because I'm more famous than as an actor, and I'm lucky to be yeah. famous, uh, people equated that acting more as stand-up. And it's funny because people don't remember, like, a lot of, all comics act. Oh, I mean, yeah. Chappelle was doing more movies than me, than me in the 90s. He did Men in Tights, Robin Hood, Men yeah, in Tights. Yeah, he did Blue he Streak. He did, did you know I was his first headliner he ever opened for him when he was 15? No. I just saw him last summer. At his, he invited me over to his uh, summer camp at his house. Mm-hmm. And it's a cornfield. Uh, what a time that was, by the way. I walk in, I brought Caroline Ray with me, and there's Jimmy Fallon. I helped him get Saturday Night Live, and he gave me credit for it. And then Chappelle introduced me. This guy's a legend. <laughs> He was the first guy ever headliner I ever. I was like twenty two, and he was like fifteen or whatever. And he and he remembered it, but he also remembered some. You know how we have great memories, but some of them are bad, like resentment memories. Yeah. He says to the crowd, he goes, he pulled me aside. He says, I don't know how to introduce people. Like I apparently I corrected him, and all these years later, you know, forty years <laughs> later, I had no idea that I said that to him. I pulled him aside. Goes, you don't know how to introduce people. Like, we had a blast though. We ad libbed, and then Chris Rock walks in off of his private jet, and what a camp! Hey, I'm Chris Rock. <laughs> you know, he's a yeah, we know. Wow. And, uh, Jimmy Fallon and John Stewart, he was there, and it was just a crazy weekend. <laughs> um, wait, let's go back. So, you say so much. I want to focus on one thing. I know. I'm and ADD. so, and so, what I'm saying is, is that everything you're saying is correct. But I love it when I go to these small towns like Dayton. And I get this compliment more than ever. You know, as an actor, I didn't know what to expect. But you're a real comic. Thanks, three years in Dayton, local. (laughs) Thanks. 
Like, thank you for letting me in the fucking brass gates of comedy. I said the same thing. You said it. I'm going to listen to you. But it's like you can own comedy because you came up. It's well, four. Rick Overton, you, Saget. I mean, you you started in the 70s. You started before the first boom. Okay. Yeah. When did you start? Yeah, like 80. Okay, you started 80. My my first guy ever. I. Forty-three first guy years ago, for was Bob Saget. It's insane. He From had a, Philly, he had a guitar, and he he had it he had it rigged where suddenly it started water started pouring off of it, and then he sang while my guitar gently weeps. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm opening for this guy. Yeah, he was so he was, bottle of red, bottle of white. That makes pink. I can, that was his that was his joke. Anyway, so funny. he was my mom's deli slicer back in Philly. He was the deli slicer, pantry pride. And he was that's that's how and then he went to Temple before I did. I went to Temple. Pantry Pride. Yes, he was no the deli one guy. realized what that is. It's a grocery store. It's amazing. And he was in the back though slicing my mom's meats, which sounds really weird. But anyway, so and yeah, I started with him. Capicola. Rich Hall. I don't know if you remember Rich, Rich Hall. Rich Hall. 1980. Yeah, this is Rich Hall. Eddie. Joe Bolster. Uh, Joe Piscopo. No, Piscopo that, wasn't. It. No, but that class of 1980 SNL was the, also oh, hit me at that time. Right. Yes. Where I was 10 years old and I'm like, this is what I got to do. I and had they no took idea. a downturn, but they had, to me, the best. Who do you think I think the best actress Comedic actress in the history of television. Who do you think it is? Well, she was on there very briefly. Um, well, I'll tell you a couple of people that were on there. Well, it was Eddie. It oh, was Joe. Female, female. I know. I'm okay. just going through it. Rich Hall. That's right. Tim Kazarinski. That's right. This is 80. Uh, Mary Gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Um, oh, there was another guy. I know who you're guy. talking about. Uh, White guy. Oh, Oh, um, Julia released Louise Dreyfus. Exactly right. She was on. She was. I want to see Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert too. I want to see Julia was twenty. Yeah, in eighty-three, I believe. Robert Downey Jr. came on in like eighty-one. That's right. And Anthony Michael Hall. Right. People forget this. They do, and they they all ended up to be well, obviously really great actors. They were all known. They were known from movies. Not for that, and somehow the the transition didn't take place. What Billy was, Crystal had success. Billy was incredible coming off of that and onto that. But you know? dude, when I went back for SNL the, Short, yeah. the second time, I auditioned the second time. Lauren said he's done too many movies, so I it changed. No. Wow, yeah, so crazy. they he won an unknowns. So let's go back for a second. Yeah. So much, dude. Yeah, Julia Reese Dreyfus. I remember. I want to say she was nineteen. I think she's the best actress in the history of television. You're I not. Really, you I, might not be I, wrong. I, 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 keep, I don't think you can name anyone funnier, including Lucille Ball. Lucille, Mary Tyler Moore. Great, great, all great. Um, all incredible, like the best. But Betty she, White. But but yeah, but this is somebody. No, you're right. She's in the pantheon. Veep. And yeah. Seinfeld. No, you're right. And New Christine. No, you're right. I know. And New Christine's under the every radar. Every single part that she's ever done, she's amazing. And something really pretty about her. Like, you know, because she's so talented. Beautiful. It, well, she up, it ups the level. I don't and know if you married ever had to Brad happen. Hall. That's right. Who was on that was season. was on that season yeah. as well. Yes. And as a, he's a huge showrunner. Yeah. Um, and is also the Dreyfus Fund. So she was already like. Yeah, good to go. Yeah, but. Have you, ever, you, you don't come from money either, right? No. Yeah, I, I come from, like, poverty, right? Yeah. That's the one thing in my life that I want to give my kids is, like, a, a head start because I always felt like there was a struggle. Like, I couldn't stay in town. I had to go on the road and make money. 
mm-hmm. and other people, you know, for instance, if you lived out here already, that's a step up. If you go to Beverly Hills High with people that are now showrunners, that's a step up. So you you have this like you get all these head starts, but you got to be good. Right, but I had to get really good on the road. You did, but I'm saying is if you had ins, I don't no, know that, how I, many. I don't agree with you. People could people, have. There are pe- a lot of people that aren't that good. So you're saying there's they're a lot surrounded of, by you know great cast. They're surrounded by great scripts. So you're saying there's a lot of mediocre. Absolutely, like there's stars. Tons, oh yeah, there's tons of talent out there, but they'll never be discovered because they're they're in Iowa or whatever. Give me a mediocre. No, but give me a mediocre star. I name some. Let me name someone dead. Yeah. Because then they, nobody can come after me. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm on a point where I don't care. I understand. <laughs> I know there's a guy that's a very big actor. I'm not going to say his name. He's not known. Let's see. But he's kissed in because of someone else in his family. But he's not. I know comics that have done that. Kissed in. But he's never the star. He's always like the fifth lead. But whatever, he's working as Yeah, a, so know? that could be an example. But he's oh, good. I know. Oh, well, he's serviceable. I'm going to tell you one who's in. He's in the gang. And this dude, like, there's, it's like almost a zero talent. He's in a gang, like, with the big leader who takes him along with him, whatever he does. And that happens too. You know, hanging out at the improv, he's a busboy or whatever. And then he just. Are you going to drop a name or no? no there's no shot I'm dropping this name because I don't like knocking people. Oh. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of times it's not about the talent, it's about how you work it. Uh, yeah, I agree. But if, you, if you're going to be a star, I think that's different. But a there's star, a, but yeah. yes, I Still, understand. Those head starts help. Yes, you're right. They really do. Judd Apatow used to open for me. Wow. And um, I still have a tape from him kissing up. I was the guy he kissed up to. And I still have a tape uh, from a, a musical group called Steps Ahead. I still have the cassette. He's there, hey, man, can I open for you in San Bernardino? <laughs> I used to take him with me to, you know, those things. And has, I've never even auditioned for an extra for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, but I literally, I was the guy that pe- people would want to open. But Whitney Cummings toured with me for a little while eh? and uh, oh, sold my merchandise and stuff like that. That's how she started, you know, it was right. Wrote and if you see her, does she give you a hug? Not much. <laughs> I did hear on Rogan, I did hear that she said that I'm the only Wait. headliner never hit on her. I'm like, hey, I'll take, give me another chance. <laughs> I will now. <laughs> so, Do you know why? She's hot. Because well, you're... Well, you never hit on her because you... I was married. You're married. But yeah. also, if you weren't, you don't... Women like you. Well, as a friend, yeah. No. No, 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 no. I'm like the friend guy. You know, I'm pretty much pretty much that. Wait, like, who opens... I wonder if I'm allowed to tell you this, but... You I, can. I, have so I think I'm going to say it. I think I'm going to say it. Go for it. So, you said... you said What was your term the other day about um, if they're on the mic, give them a hike? Tell him to give give him a hike. Oh. On the mic. what was that term? Uh, come on, you it, was, it came right out of your mouth very easily. Was, I was like, never, you never touch a woman. No, 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 no. no. You, you had a poem. Yeah, like, it was like, like if they're on the on mic, like, give him a hike or to take a hike or something. <laughs> you, that's not a common. All right, it sounded very common. It was so a, that, yeah. I would never. So I might have told you. Did I tell you the story? I've only made out with one comic. Did I tell you who it was? And I just had lunch with her yesterday, so I think it's okay that I tell the story. Yes, go for it. Did I tell you who it was? I'm going <laughs> to act like you didn't. Because I have a thing. Well, I know wait, you, wait, you wait. can relate to this. When I'm doing radio, I go sifta. Save it for the air. Yes. We, you got to sifta some of these things, but I did spill the beans you did on that spill one, the, Here's I? the thing. Is that it is a we, big surprise. Well, we, 
I, what, what I was telling him is never touch a woman that touches a microphone right. because they're a little out to lunch. <laughs> so you would never I'm touch. Sure they think that about us. Yeah, early early yeah. 90s, there was a couple of hot female comics, yeah. and I learned my lesson that way. You did, okay. And then actresses, I've been very fortunate, but then I learned my lesson, <laughs> singers, and then it was now it was... It was always like waitresses from Chili's, okay? But in 2016, something happened where beautiful people, men and women, comedies flooded with gorgeous people. Yeah. And so it's a little different, but I still don't go near. How did Uh, I miss that wave? Because it's social and somebody gets a like on Instagram and they're like, I'm fucking Milton Berle. Very easy, Who's the female comic that you made out with? So I was really, really... Only one in your whole career. I can curse on here, right? 43 years. Go ahead. I can curse on here, right? Curse away. So um, when I was wasted, I was very bad with coke and... (laughs) Everything. You loved Coke. I used to get served. They said, would you like to be paid in white or green? And I chose white. In Erie, I chose white. Youngstown, I chose white. I chose white quite a few times. My Not first Disney. crack was actually free base. I got paid. That was in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Guy walked in with a blowtorch and and like uh, and a big mirror Before 85? and rubbing alcohol. This is around 85, yeah. So he walks in. I hate a good crack. Well, it was free base back then. Yeah, so he made he made the free base fresh for me. How long that was you made, my that was my pay? That was like organic free. Yeah, how long I'm were over you off? Thirty it? years off everything. Okay, so good. anyway, so so this is back then, and I was dealing it and everything. I was in Philadelphia, and I toured with this comic. I started with her, mm-hmm. and we would co-headline and do we do freeze tags and improv afterwards because we were in an improv group. Yeah, actually, Eddie Murphy's old group. We were in it in Long Island. Uh, yes, and it was me, her, Bob Nelson. Remember how big he was? Right? Bob Nelson with the shoulder pads. Yeah, it's a, legend. Shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it was a, a Vinnie Mark and Dave Hawthorne and Rosie O'Donnell. So Rosie and I started together. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we had lunch yesterday, so I just sort of got permission. I said, "You do you remember?" I said, Dude, "I was telling Jamie Kennedy the other day, you're the only one I made out with, <laughs> and of all people, full on." And she had just come out to me minutes before. But I used to think, I used to have this thing, Jamie. When I would get wasted, a woman would turn me down, and I would go to sleep because I'm thinking, oh, it's yeah. going to be on later because I would do a thing. You know, people sleepwalk. Yeah, I sleep fucked. All right, yeah. honest to God, I would be in a tra- I'd be you know, you know, blackout, uh, and called. whoever was next to me, my, my friend Steve, unfortunately, I almost got him too. But I, you can't. <laughs> I woke up, was like, those aren't pillows. I was like nibbling on his neck. Who's ever next to me? That's what would happen, and Rosie and I were making out like crazy on one of those nights after well, she had just come out. If it's if so it's that's not my only re- makeout, if it's not reciprocated, it's sleep rape, right? So hopefully that didn't but, happen. Well, they were all reciprocated. Okay, so wait, you were asleep when you were making out with Rosie after she and came she out. She was to half you? asleep too. Okay, and we just woke up, and we both of us were in the middle of making out. Whatever. And then that was it. Now, of course, that was it. She went on to. She's got the, you know. She's gone kids on, through with a, with women, and I've got kids with women. With women, <laughs> so, so common. Wait, so is that? Did you guys talk about it the next day? Yeah, but I didn't think she'd remember until we had we had our two or three hour lunch yesterday at Nobu, and uh, and we Malibu. And I met, I, yeah, I mentioned it to her. Who and paid? Funny you should say that. I whipped out the card. I always do. Yeah. And she whipped it out faster. She's there almost every day. She whipped it out faster, but. She's such a mensch. A guy, I know she is. A guy comes over with the bill. He whispers in her ear, someone paid for it with a note. And the guy's a famous rapper. And he basically said, you made my life. 
you know, thank you. You're so brave, Rosie. Thank you. And that's the least I could do. So that guy paid the bill. And I ate a lot, by the way. Was At a rapper, Malibu? A rapper named... Or Calabasas? I wanna, no, no, this is Nobu in... in Calabasas? In, no, Malibu. On the water. She goes there all the time? All the time. Whoops, she, I shouldn't say it. Does anyway. she live in Malibu? I'll yeah, cut that Now out. she does, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So anyway... So, so So the guy writes this note and she reads the note and it says i'll take care and i ate a lot and she was so happy like she was feeding a man you know what i mean because i eat a lot she likes you know feeding but when, yeah well, from back east you like feeding people i'm the same way i do too and, and i really delivered i i was like scarfing this stuff down and i was planning on pain but this guy is a rapper named logic i know logic you do know logic he's supposed to be on this pod right now and I replaced Logic? Yeah. Well, that's because he's at Nobu right now, paying for somebody else's bill. He's, that's he's paying so for, crazy. He's paying for Kathy Najimy's bill right now. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Kathy Najimy! Rosie! Wait a minute. Wow. Logic picked... Logic told me he wants to take me to Nobu, too. So he, No. Yes. That's hilarious. This is all... Everything's math. It's all math. Everything's a matrix. Yeah. This crazy... You turning me down for the pond for the last few years all was meant to be that it was today i didn't turn you down oh he just kept delaying oh, oh God. bring it to bring it to the pod bring it to the pod now who's the insecure philly person <laughs> i didn't say i was insecure wait i could securely tell you, you that said that's what you i'm did. insecure but you can't i don't think it was that way i want to go to our history but i want to go this is incredible so rosie o'donnell let's go back to one funny thing though it wasn't my daughter funny on- for your birthday Hilarious. That was hilarious. You didn't hit on Whitney, but you hit on Rosie. <laughs> That's yeah. the clip. And Rosie reciprocated. That's right. Okay, wait a minute. I'm, yeah. Who opened for you? So Whitney didn't give you any love. No offense, Whitney. No, 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 no. Was, Judd I never let you. Did, did, did Judd remember? I've had a lot of big people open for me, but I think they would at least give me a high five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've emailed with them a couple times. All right. That's about it, though. Well, if people go Hollywood, yep. I don't, I can't condone it. I'm at the point where I'm almost, Let I, me can, ask you this. I can talk about it, I don't how, give a fuck. I'm going to find out how if Hollywood pe- you are. I'm if people go quiz. Hollywood, I know, but there's three things I have to catch up on, but go okay. ahead. Go ask me. I want to ask you. Okay. This is what makes me not Hollywood, and it never will be. Hollywood has a lot of transactional relationships. 100%. Right? And it's what I don't like about Hollywood. Yes. I am friends with friends from kindergarten, third grade. Yes. I just did. I have a TV show on Amazon right now, produced with a guy from third grade who I cheated off of, Tony Luke. Uh, Tony Luke. I've got a show, TV show with him. He's my old friend from Philly. So anyway, are you friends with the old neighborhood guys? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh, nice. In fact, in fact, I would consider like my only friends, like that know where the bodies are, and yeah. that would. Like, yeah. who would pick me up at the end. Right. I mean, these are guys that came to m- my parents' funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. Bobby, John, right. Danny. Right. You know, like guys, They don't Don. have nicknames. They always have their nicknames. Yeah, they do. I got Steiny. Yeah. yeah. So, you Tells. know how you, you, know, you nickname, <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a short name, you put an S on the end, but you put a, a Y on the end if it's, so like, uh, or, so like for instance, uh, or, or they shorten your name. Like, I'm Shoe, Shoemaker Shoe, yeah. Stagliano, Stag, yeah, Wartenberg Stags. is Wart. Wart. Scott Astor was not fond of this. Yo ass. <laughs> Yo ass. And Tony Puccini had to move. Yo Puss. Poor pussy. So, I, I passed that test. What's the next one? Uh, Especially no. in the new world. 
How the world surprises you. Oh, man. You. I, I'm telling you. What's I, the next I embrace one? Focus. Okay. Next the one. next test question. Yeah. Um, how much do you go back to your, your roots? How much do you hang there? And do you ever hang there without doing a show? Uh, Philly is a place that has given me PTSD. I think it's an iron prison. And I oh. think that once I became successful... And it embraced me, but I don't like that I had to get successful for it to embrace me. The people ex- embraced me in my neighborhood. Like, I was liked in my yeah. neighborhood, but I felt like the city was always angry and shit. Something changed, and something changed. When I went back and did my whole show, The Experiment, from there, and I was one of the first things to film at the link, and I was shooting stuff out of with the fucking Sixers mascot, and I was went to the World Series, and... You know, I did all of that stuff as yeah. me, and I host was one of the hosts for MTV for the All Star Game, um, and so you 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 held on to that. Let me ask you. I this. I I, I okay. no, I had issues with the city because right. I don't think the city is. Uh, it's not a very embracing. Place. No, and I think that but you can look at do. people that yeah. have been very successful. But their argument is, my brother to this day is like, we made you. Okay, he's like. You fucking are an animal because we didn't baby you. That's right. And so I'm like, but there's other people that are absolutely embraced and are also successful. So I think there's a- Not that many from Philly. Think about it. Of course. Think about it. Uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. And that's uh, that's almost it. Well, Will Smith. No, there's a lot of people from Philly that are successful. They're successful. But I don't know what they're home. They're not known as Philadelphians. Philadelphians different that way. It's almost like, ah, Mr. Famous, you left us. There's a little yeah. bit of that that goes on, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, I know. Now, I go back to the point where... But the, I go back my, now, and I love... The answer okay, the question yeah. is, I love the city more than I ever have, and Me I've too. learned to love it. Yeah. I also think it grew up. I think it got less angry. I think it got a little bit Absolutely. more chill. I don't want to say it's woke, but it's definitely... How about how much better looking the women are? Yeah, much... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we were growing up. A fucking Ooh, five was a fucking... You Ooh. know what I mean? Yeah, it was a ten. <laughs> and it was yeah. like yeah. behind Pathmark. So, because they take care of themselves yeah. now. And they so, didn't use chain smoking. And they were always angry. Fuck yeah. you, you fucking it, you know, you fucking po- yeah. <laughs> So the bottom line That's is a little English, by the way. This city no, they have that weird accent. This it's city has embraced me a lot more. Yeah. I've done a lot of shit. I've done Temple, I've done Drexel, yeah. I've done yeah. Villanova. Right. Yeah. So That's good. And I love the food. Oh yeah. But I don't but yeah, I had I, you, it has to be my core because that's where I was raised. Of course, and it made it. it but the, the tough mean, love is what made us do what we do. I don't know about you, motivated by it. Like there's a reason I do 90 minutes on stage. It comes from back then. I was tied up in a closet by my by my first jokes I ever told. I told a story of my mom beating me up in fourth grade. I was trying to blend in. We moved a lot. I thought the word evict meant move. I thought they were the same word when I was a kid. Like here's the eviction funny. truck, mommy. And then we pack up and move again. She read a letter. She cried, and we're out of there. I have a dad and all that kind of stuff. Hey, tough, tough childhood, very difficult. But to blend in, the first time I got a laugh was talking about her beating the hell out of me for spilling something. And, she, and I, they were howling. The teacher was trying not to laugh. And the next day, she locked me in a closet for a whole day with my hands tied behind my back with blue yarn. She said, don't get off this box. And I defiantly would get up. I'd see her thighs coming at through the vent. And I would get back on the box, but that for a whole day. And it was that day I realized now when I hear people, hey, you saved my life and all that kind of stuff. Phone's was, ringing. I know it is. It's been ringing the whole time. Push edge. 
And dude, this is called children's services. Oh yeah, right. Oh, but tons of that happened. I was brutally beaten by the football team. But but what I'm saying is all of that is the motivation. When I stood backstage, when I finally got a national TV show, it didn't work out. But I was backstage being introduced. I literally had a list of the girls that didn't go to the prom with me. <laughs> 13 girls didn't go to the prom but with me. But you're a good-looking guy. The one that went with me, I was 5'1 in high school, 92 pounds. I was very tiny. Yeah, I know I'm 6'2 now. Like, How did you grow? How did I grow? <laughs> you think I ate something? Crack? No, that didn't help. Um, no, I just, I was a late bloomer and I was a geek and you know, all that kind of stuff. But that Jamie, I don't know about you. That stays with me. Like of you, course it does. you are the king with women and stuff. I have never been that what they, like I go out with Ross Mark now and he thinks that all the women are looking at me. I, go, I don't see one looking at me. So other people have a different perspective than I do. Like in my mind, I'm that guy that's a wedgie waiting to happen. I walk around backwards. I pull my underwear up and. You know, hang me from a locker, make me do wind chimes. Yeah, this is where I think that I am, and it will never leave. Yeah, it's not. It, you it's, have to get. But, you but have to do ayahuasca. Background, I don't. I don't. That's <laughs> or ketamine therapy. Right? Maybe that's. But it. you know, like part. This is crazy. I can't. I can. I don't. Ugh, this is going to be weird to say now, but you know, uh, a friend of mine who's a successful actor says he would never get a massage. And I said, why? And he says, because Woody Allen said he would never get a massage. And all the neuroses that built up is how he would write, you know, Annie Hall. Well, that was before all the shit came out. So maybe Woody should have got a couple of fucking massages. So. I just know where you were going with that one. But this is a true thing. And you know this guy. So what I'm saying is, is that obviously he didn't work out his trauma. So Woody's a fucking whatever the fuck he is, if that shit's true, he's fucking terrible, right? So you have all these demons in you, and you use those demons properly. Yes. But if you want some yes. peace, you can go to some treatments. I have a lot of peace. Okay, yeah. Honest to God. Yeah. I'm on the other side of a lot of things. Yeah, you've been through hell, and that would take 10 podcasts to do. Yeah. But you've been raped I'm telling you, like, my relationship with my mom is phenomenal. Like, I can't wait to talk to her. We're going to write a book together. She has a thing called What's Bugging Barb? Everything bugs her. How old is she? 80, whoops, oh my God, she would kill me. No, I can't do it. She, no, 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 I would literally. She watches shit? It, she, no. How old was she when she, she had she's you? She's a stalker. She's a stalker. How she, old was she, she when she had you? I'm not getting into it. She, right. My mom freaks over stuff right, like that. Be, Honest I, to God. Right, you're so all, I'm writing a book about, it's, now we're going to call it What's Bugging Barb and Craig. What's Bugging? Everything bugs us. Yes. But she's hilarious. She's the whole reason I do comedy, and I learned how to be grateful and accept her. All the stuff that happened to me, you know, happened for me. You know what I mean? It's like I just learned and learned and learned and kept grow- growing and growing and growing and healing, healing, healing. And that's and I'm happy about that. I get to teach it now. That's, I, I have a course, and, and I teach one-on-one clients. Yes. And I love it. And I came up with something really original, taking all of this talent, all of this wisdom, all of this, these experiences, and I've had every experience in showbiz. Yes. By the way, if you want, I, will t- I know I have ADD, but I will tell you, you mentioned about holding deals and stuff like that. I have the, a really funny failure story, if you ever want to hear it. I would like to hear it right now, but I want to ask you like 10 questions, but go for it. All right. I'm going to write that down right now because I have a question for you, but go ahead. No, go ahead and ask. I'll remember. Um, you have a question about... Uh, well, okay. no, here's the thing is this, is that yeah. you... You... It, what's crazy is I was raised by you. You don't even realize it. Then when I moved to L.A., I want to say it was 1990 or 91. Wow. 
you won comedian of oh, the no, year. Oh no, no, I won that in '97. You did okay. It was the um, it was the comedian American comedy awards. Yeah. yeah, they used to have an award show called the American it was like the Oscars. Yes, for comedy, which was amazing. The previous winners for me were I remember this: Jeff Foxworthy, Ellen DeGeneres, and Jerry Seinfeld. So I thought if I get this, I'll have a show about a gay redneck and a show about nothing. That's what I figured. <laughs> That's what they're going to write for me if I win. And I did win. I know all you- that did was heighten the resentment of other comics. That's all that award did. Same thing happened to Jeff Dunham. It just heightens the resentment. They, they, you get to be the target that they hate. You're a hack. They, you suck. You're a thief and everything else. For like a year that lasted until the next guy. Well, it's just so much. But what's crazy is that's a different vibe now because everybody helps each other. Maybe it there's is. a lot of secret. But no one understands. Like, to me, I get that. Yeah. Because there's only one comedian of the year and you were it. Yeah. And those people were more known. And you were chugging away in every club yeah. selling out and all your clips were always on radio right. so I would right. hear them on you know the 95 KLS I'd hear them everywhere Yeah, and I was like holy shit and you were killing at the comedy magic club which you still do and all this stuff and I, I was, got you in there yes which you, is rare by the way they, they don't take everybody they, they, they took you that they, they, they're really tough I know to but like in. it's funny that they are that tough George but, Wallace got me in I'll never forget it but but, so thankful. But when, what? I mean, th- th- wouldn't they take a known comic now, or do they have to still do their? No, they're, they're tough. They're tough. I mean, they really are. Got to be pretty clean. Yes. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're um, grandfathered in, <laughs> literally. Yes. If you're grandfathered in, you kind of get away with like sag. It can be dirty. I get yes. a little dirty now and then. But they, that's okay. But anybody new, they do not want you to do, you know, dirty there. And they, it's just the way they are. It's like a temple for comedians. I watched. It is a temple. Dave, um, Dennis Miller, I was in the audience one. I just moved out here. It's 1987. It is a temple. And he's up there. And he was the man at the time, Dennis Miller. And his opening act was Dana Carvey working out this bit called The Church Lady. Yes. And then the opener for them was David Spade. And I remember I nicknamed him The Quiet Storm. He was so young looking. He goes, I'm David Spade. I'm 10. My mom just dropped me off. She's at Ralph's. I'll never forget it. And I called him, to this day, I call him Quiet Storm. He, and I went, if I could be on that stage, please. And the following year, George Wallace, and I've been headlining there ever since. Like, I, I, I love that place. Wow. It is literally a temple for comedians. No, it is. It is, yeah. it is a temple. And is it, are the original, oh, you went off track again. Are know, the original owners still alive? Yeah, Mike Lacey, of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's still there. But that's not the guy who books to stand up Bellflower, who also books That's that. right. Yes. Richard. Oh, Richard. He's, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, a lot going on here. Yeah. yeah yes, because yeah. you won this award, and it was the yeah. award, and the, 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 the awards stopped being televised. They stopped having them, which is crazy. Yeah. All I, the resentments I, of all these comics. Let me get this yeah, out. Okay. I'm, we shot Scream 2. They didn't like the scene the way I was, we I was shot going there. it. Yeah, yeah. And which, somehow you're in the movie, which had I don't think it had any. It didn't have anything to do with me. No, but Jamie, let me tell you the story. I re- they shot the scene in Atlanta. We shot the, the guy scene was no in good. Atlanta. The guy was no good, and I, and I replaced. Well, I'm sorry. All right. Whatever the the scene didn't work. The with scene the didn't work. Yes. He must not have been good because they had to have the entire scene shot in L. A. with the same cast. We shot the scene in in Agnes Scott College. 
and it's and you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Wes, Whoa. I don't Wes did not like it. Right. Then we went did pickups in UCLA and we shot it and it looks a lot bigger. There's a lot of other more co stars in it. And they brought and they brought me in to be the film professor. He's but the film professor. Here's the thing. I show up there. This happened to me also on Parks and Recreation because you, you, you're going to a team, and you're not on the team. You're like yes. a guest with the team, and that's yes. not easy. No, it's tough. Oh, did you make it easy? You go, Wes, do you know who this is? I'll go, oh, my God. You, like, introduce me to everybody. You go, does everybody know who this is? He was on my clock radio. <laughs> so, see the callback? And, and you were so kind to me. And from that moment forward, I had such respect for you. That's when I started following you. Not as a comic. And, 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 uh, <laughs> so, that had to grow on me. But even then, I didn't think you were that great. And I still had you open for me. <laughs> exactly. So, there you go. But, but, but that was my payback, unlike other people that I've helped that don't. It, I, that was my payback to you, was ha- introducing you to different people. Introducing well, you to different cl- clubs like the Comedy Magic Club and having you open for me, right? A few, but places. that was my payback to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for making me feel at home for my my seven lines in Scream Two as the college as the college film professor. Well, let me let me set the stage for people, and you're welcome, and thank you because what's crazy is is that I broke in this business, and I'm going to give a shout out to Jenica Berger. Oh, my God. It's my friend. Is it? Old friend. That was one of the... No way. That was one of the early comics I dated, but I actually loved her. I loved Jenica. Oh, my God. And I think after we broke up, she's married to the guy that... Which is a good thing. So, I'm like, good luck, Chuck. She's actually married to the same guy. And Jenica was... Is hilarious. So that's crazy. You know her. She's a funny person, too. Funny. Other than the stand-up. That's great very, heart. Like, really a good, funny person. Yes. yes. And, like... My God, I go way parent. back. Before you even knew her, I go back when she was, like, 20. Okay, you yeah. probably... Okay, yeah. well, I had... Such a sweetheart. Yeah. You know, and like so you said... so talented. She had 10 minutes. I had five. And she was four years younger than me. Uh-huh. And long story boring is... God. I was starting to get known as an actor... But not really. I was. I did commercials, and she had already done a lot more than me. Yeah. And she was at the store a lot, and so they. She would get the store to do this thing called "Please Allow," mm-hmm. and I wasn't passed. And I would auditioned, and I auditioned, and I got. That's how I met Stan Latham. That's how I got a part on a Stan Latham pilot because of Jenica Berger, my ex girlfriend. Mm. She. She blessed me so many ways, and it, she then got a pilot for a guy by the name of Ron Levitt, who's an absolute goddamn legend who created Married with Children. Married with Children but yeah. he had written in every room in the sure. 70s yeah. and the 80s of the greatest sitcoms. Ron was dating a woman by the name of. Oh God. Actress? No. Mem- yes. Yeah. Sam Kinison dated her. I want to say Jessica Han. Yes. Jessica Han. Jessica Han. From the church. Jessica. So so Jessica was with Sam. Yeah. I think they broke up and then unfortunately Sam passed she was, away. She was the controversy with yes. that took down the church. The yes. Baker. Yes. I think it was her. No, it was her. Jim okay. Jim Baker and my Tammy brain, Faye. Yeah. I can't do it. My brain is going to blow up right now. I already took two brain pills. It's crazy, man. So... It's the, Rosie and I talked about it yesterday. The, I couldn't remember Keith Richards. Dude, it's 5G, day. bro. 
It's 5G. It is, it's the Vidi. It's all that shit. So wow. come on, for real. People could think I'm crazy. I'm not. No, so, you're not. And I know no. 25 year olds that I can't remember shit. I just took something called Brain On, and I souped that shit. It's out. We got to get off these phones at night. All right. So, yeah. so listen. Gianluca was an angel. Still an angel. Gets me in front of the right people, which I had to do. I get jobs out of it. Ron Levitt cast her in a pilot. The pilot didn't go. She recommends me. Denise Richards is in the pilot. Uh, I go in and she's like, you look like a stoner. She gets just, she gets Ron to see me. I audition. I act stone. Ron's like, are you fucking stone? <laughs> and I was like, no. He's like, you're in character. Like he was... <laughs> He hires me in the That's room. He hires me in the room. Yeah. I go on set. I never say anything. Like, I was always trained as being character. Staying in character. Jessica would die laughing. And Jessica's like, this guy's funny, Ron. And Ron's like, you like him? I like him. And then, long story boring is, Ron, I was a guest star. And it was like, it was called Unhappily Ever After. Bobcat. Oh, Holy yeah, God. yeah. That, first I did the pilot. I auditioned for that, too. Yeah, the pilot I did not... The pilot of the other thing didn't go, but this one became a series. It was the first show in WB along with the Waynes brothers. Yeah. The first two shows. I get on it, and I'm a fucking guest starring. But Ron always made me feel like I was one of the cast. That's the way, yeah. Amy Poehler is that way on... Uh, on and Jessica Hahn always on, made uh, me feel like I was one of the cast. Jessica and so, oh, okay. And so, yeah, like Amy did for you. So... It is or a Parks tough. And recreation, yeah. It, it, and when I did Ellen, I did guest spots on Ellen before she came out. Always made me it's feel so great when they when they like do I that. was part of the cast. Well, that, now it's a good segue. I want to tell you this, and that's about, why about, I was trained. And you, yeah. to me, you are a legend. And West loved you. You go in, and in that scene, yeah, was Josh Jackson, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah. Timothy Oliphant, myself, you, Nev Campbell, Nev. Yeah. Like it was. It was a big and you were right there with us. It was a star pack. And then I'll <laughs> yeah. let you go back to what you were going to say. But yeah. then from there, he's like, I know you do stand-up. You want to open for me. So then you yeah. let me open for you at Irvine. You let me open up for you the Comedy Magic Club. And I think I had a strong seven. <laughs> I had a seven and a half. Now, I had to do 15. <laughs> but then from there, he introduced me to the Lakers organization. He inter- I mean, which is a whole other story. So you did me well. And then Bob, you co-signed me. So then you Bob, do me well, I do you well. Bob co-signed me. And yeah. Bob's like, I like the kid. And then Rick Overton said, you know, he needs yeah. work. Yeah. So that's getting, but I was already successful as an actor. Right. But doesn't mean I could be funny. I never ever scored the acting gig, the acting gig. So you I'll tell did. you what happened. I came out. I came out, and uh, I was like the hot guy. This is like uh, late eighties, mm-hmm. and they signed me to a test deal. Now you know what it is, but I'll explain it to everyone else. Yes, is they sign you to a, it was a, a contract that they hold on your holding contract. Yes. So I I bought uh, I bought a new car, had a new girlfriend, got a house with her. What was I the mean, number? The, the whole thing. It was a lot of money you for can say just the to, just to hold on to me. I had a lot but of money. Back then it was a lot of money. It was 75,000 to hold on to me. The whole year? No, just a, just a semester. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so so I bought the house, I got the girlfriend, I got a big a beautiful new car, something big and classy. I forgot I wasn't in South Philly. It was a Mark 7 okay. with a big wheel well in the back, and I had a, a phone in it. A Cordova. This was really – so I, I pulled up to the 
I had these goals in mind when I was a kid. Yes. I had goals like I wanted to be with Paul Lynn. I wanted him to adopt me. We'd be the first father and son team on the Hollywood Squares. These are my goals. Great goal. I ended up on Hollywood Squares. But anyway, so this is the other goal. I wanted a parking spot. <laughs> right, so I pull up. That's such a big deal. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> From Philly. Come on. It's so funny. It goes back to Captain Kangaroo at his own spot. Oh. <laughs> you go down, you see Captain Kangaroo in Philly. He's got his Jeez. own spot. Is this Captain Kangaroo? Larry anyway, Ferrari. Or, no, I mean, I meant Captain Noah. Larry so, Ferrari. Larry Ferrari. And, and of course, Gene London, Gene. Sally Star. Wow. Anyway, Chief Halftown. All right, so I wanted a star. Dick I want, Clark. I wanted a, yes, that's where you started. I want. I pulled up to the first day after I signed the contract. I go hello to the guard gate. I'm, I'm Craig Shoemaker. What lot? NBC. Wow. And he goes uh, the real NBC in Burbank. Oh yeah. I go. Uh, he goes. I don't see you on the list. I go. Well, I'm the new NBC contract player. <laughs> the guy goes. What? I go. I'm the new contract player. They might have missed it, but I should have a parking spot. He goes. Yeah. Take your place next to Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland over here. You know. So I was like, I was like, what do you mean I don't have a spot? So now all year I don't get a I don't get a thing, but then I get a test deal. Now you know this is going to make it because it was Mel Brooks, Harvey Corman's the star, Cloris Leachman's the star. All these people I watched on television. Mel Brooks is my idol. They're in your show. This is the show is called Nuthouse, and I and it's between me and one other guy. Now I think I got the thing because I'm the NBC contract player. Which you should have. Right. So, and it says, here's what you're going to make. You ever do the math? Yeah. When you're younger? Yeah. And I'm going, I'm a kid in a business that says, I'm going to make 15000 a week for minimum 13 weeks. And I'm going, oh my God, this is five seasons with Harvey Corman and Cloris Leachman and Mel Brooks. So I'm doing what the year math. year was that? 89. So I go, or 90. So I go in. I'm that, so I don't rehearse because I'm so cocky. I'm flirting with the secretary. This is in an office. Brandon Tartikoff is there, head of NBC. And she goes, here's your new sides, a script. And I go, eh, thank you. I, you know, I'm the new NBC contract player. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> so I, like, I, put some, I put some magic marker on it to circle my lines, but I'm not looking at them. Yeah. These are new sides. I go in. The other guy walks out, and I'm going, that poor guy. He's got no shot. I'm the, I'm the guy. I walk in. Jamie, I went into the worst panic attack you've ever seen in your life. Full-on sweat. And I have large pores, very large, like plop, plop. Like, yeah. I've had a facial. They found a bar of soap. That's how big my fucking pores are. So, so anyway, so, so so it's plopping on the paper. Plop, plop. You can see in the Oh, paper. you're that much of a sweater. Oh, it's smearing now. It's it, it's, it's it's smearing. The, the words are smearing. And I'm shaking like Catherine Hepburn in a windstorm. I'm like, uh, 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 and then I'm trying to talk. I can't get any words out. Finally, a phone call. There's a phone call. I'm supposed to mime a phone call. Instead, I have no presence of mind. I pick up the phone, an office phone. They use the phone as a prop. I go, hello, Nuthouse. I'm delivering my lines. And the guy goes, I'm on the line. I go, Mr. Nut's not here. And he goes, did you hear me? I'm on the line. Switch lines. Switch lines. I'm on the line. Well, he's upstairs eating a Nutter Butter sandwich. Did you hear me? I'm on the line. What are you doing, buddy? I said, get off the line. Well, he loves his Nutter Butter sandwiches. I'm sure Mr. Nut will be right with you as soon as he's ready. And he's, I said, get off the phone. Get off the phone. He's screaming. Finally, he goes, get the fuck off the fucking phone. And it goes out into the office. Everybody heard it. There's Mel Brooks is staring at me. This is the NBC contract player. I was very upset they didn't introduce me like that. And I swear to you, I had no presence of mind to say, can I start over? I just shaked my way out of there. I never saw I never saw the girlfriend. She dumped me. The house I had to sell. Everything done. 
And there was my comedy career. What, that was, that was, was my acting career was done. What was your feedback? Feedback? <laughs> Maybe feedback. I think the agent dropped me too. I mean, it was wow. it was the biggest disaster. It was in front of Mel Brooks. Who was on the phone? It was another guy in another office. I didn't have, you know how they have the lines? You have to press the line. You have to press the line. And I'm going, I didn't think, I had no presence of mind to go click and click to another. He kept begging me. Oh. You hear, I'm on a conference call. It's an important call. Mr. Nut's not here. And I'm delivering my lines into the phone. That was the only ones I did pretty well. Right into the phone. It was, And you could hear it. When he screamed at me, you could hear it in the room. And I went, oh, boy, this is it. This is, I'm done. And I was done. That was the reputation, can act, comedian. Boom, done. Back on the road, Jamie. <sighs> That's Back they, on the road. Just like uh, actors can't do comedy, comedians can't act. That's another fucking bullshit rumor. That is so wrong. That's such a, I mean. I'm not exaggerating. I'm a really good actor. No, like, I know like you I are. I started in acting. But I'm Eddie, really Eddie Murphy is a great example. Great comedian, great actor. Oh, there's tons. I know. So it's like Robin Williams. Yeah, amazing. He didn't, he, he didn't even win for comedy. I know. Right. So, I you, mean, but that know. was another reverse prejudice of like comedy. It so it's just like, and then and then wow, that's a crazy. Then story. everyone got a sitcom after that. Do you realize that? And yeah. The '90s was filled. I was. I got a couple of Seinfeld, those holding deals. Tim Allen, Drew Carey, yeah. John Campanera, Ellen DeGeneres had one. Uh, uh, what was your Caroline? John Mendoza. Everyone had a sitcom. Yeah, that was the thing was once... The, here's the difference between me and you in five years. What's that? You were doing 15000 a week, okay? I had that same deal, a test deal, for CBS 1995. Same exact numbers? 15000 a week. It was in like I was making... That's maybe, maybe I was making like... A hundred dollars a week, like or like, I don't want to sound like a geezer, but that was a lot of money no, back then. It was a lot. Like I was, it was, it was like how buy a house it, money. It I was a thousands house. and thousands yeah. more than I could ever make a week. Yeah, and I had to sign a deal. And Larry Levin, who was a huge showrunner, I want to say of uh, Larry Sanders show or something, he's incredible. They kept bringing me back. I wasn't right for the role, and they said the Jamie Kennedy sides. I still have them. And it was for a CBS pilot, and it was Les Moonves. It was one of the first pilots to get greenlit. And I went in. I had, it was about a guy who does jingles and all this stuff. I would be singing. I was running around. And uh, I killed. And it was the first. I was, like, planning my life, but I knew it was, like, a long stretch. And my manager's like, you killed. But they just want to go the original way they thought mm -hmm. and i was literally in like a shoebox place it was, yeah. and it was hurt yeah. but i knew that at least i did good she's like listen you made a great impression yeah and so sometimes that counts they bring you back in and you, to have the part that you were supposed to have exactly and what yeah. you're doing those numbers how tv changed once when i signed with the apa the first time yeah i've been with jim, him twice as yeah well. <laughs> jim callum yeah my boy came in and he said home improvement just syndicated for a billion dollars and like Seinfeld did one thing and it was supposed to be an anomaly but it's still an anomaly home improvement was like once Tim Allen that a billion fucking dollars yeah. and everyone gets a cut of that 
everybody in our goddamn business from 9,000 Sunset on saw nothing but green. Mm -hmm. So anyone was funny, 100 eps, how can I fuck Roseanne? Oh, my so God. Caroline Ray, Grace Under Fire, really? Alan. Absolutely. And so then guys like Gary Owen, myself, all of us were like auditioning. Bill Burr was. I mean, this was back when like, and I would get, we'd get these little holding deals, and APA signed me off of one of those deals. But I just want to just say how it's $15,000 was a lot then, but they were like, the prize is a billion dollars. <laughs> and it was. And so every you're right. And George, I was there the night George Lopez like destroyed, and he got his deal. Sandra Bullock, like yeah. So it's it's a wild Richard Jenny, yeah, Richard Jenny, Platypus Man. But you had a show. What was your show on ABC? Wasn't it? Oh, just it was just a one off. You I didn't had a few have... shows that were all one offs. Oh no, I had a game show on VH1. I've had my couple little shots. Well, the worst thing ever was the Magic Johnson show. I was, the, yes. I was the I was the co-host of the Magic. You were the co-host. Yeah, I fought hard to get that job. I was up against like five. This was people. in the late nineties, ninety-eight. Yeah, and they were they were saying this is going to be a big deal. A big deal. The the smile that stole late night. That's what they called. And it. how many shows did it go for? Well, it's a it's. Do you want to hear the story? Give me the two minute version because I have two more questions for okay, you. Okay, two minute version. I get the show. They said you're going to be the co-host, not the sidekick who laughs. Yes. He's, and you're going to tell the jokes to him. Yes. He's going to set you up. And I'm going, that's that's kind of cool. Like, that's the monologue. Arsenio came out. He was next. Uh, yes, Arsenio, who just retired. Yeah. Magic's next. This is the smile that's so late night. You know, it's going to be the urban show. But they brought me in to be the white guy. Yeah. And it so, wasn't a bad idea. Like, I could see Magic having a show that worked. Not a bad idea that Sheila E was the band leader. Yeah. really cool and all that. But they brought in this writer. They panicked. They brought in this writer from the Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. The guy had a members-only jacket and a mullet haircut. All right. And uh, if you have a members-only jacket, I mean to offend you. So, so, and, and he talked like Sling Blade. Remember Sling Blade? He had jutted out jaw. And I said, Sling Blade, you can't make me tell these jokes. I'll get booed. He goes, a boo is as good as a laugh. Uh -huh. Johnny loved to be booed. Uh -huh. Tell the jokes as I write them. Mm. So I had to tell the jokes as I write them. Some people go, yeah. I had to tell the jokes. Some people go, so now, you, buddy. understand, I'm backstage opening night. And I said, I will get booed if you make me tell these jokes. I had to tell the jokes. You will not believe the joke that he made me tell. It's about to tell you. I'm back. First of all, magic. The place is going nuts. Urban crowd. That means black, and I'm not. I found out I'm 14, percent but they they don't know that. Anyway, so so I'm backstage. Here's my intro that Sling Blade wrote for me, award winning comedian who you listen to on the clock radio. Yes. Here it is. Magic goes. All right, everybody. Let's get the show started with my co-host. <laughs> now here's a guy nobody would shower with. Craig Shoemaker. I'm back there going. Nobody would shower with me. I delayed coming out, Jamie. It was, it's a live show. I delayed. I was, I can't come out to that. But I had to. And I have a horrible walk. I've been made fun of my whole life. Do -do -do -do. Everybody has the same music, too. It's like a piston. And I come on. I'm trying not to do it. I look like I'm, I need a telephone. I finally got to my destination. Now, Urban Crowd doesn't know me for anything, right? Here's the opening line out of my mouth. Here's the setup. Hey, Craig, now how about that Bulls game? I said, Magic, I haven't seen a beating like that caught on tape since Rodney King. Look at your reaction. <laughs> I swear to God, oxygen mask popped out of the ceiling. No, it was not. a gasp you could have heard here from Paramount Studios. Who it was, it was like this, Jamie. It, was like, it wasn't a boo. It was a <laughs> like that. 
White so guy I, wrote that? White guy wrote it and made white guy say it in front of te- everyone white on television. White guy wrote it. Opening words out of my mouth. White guy wrote it Rodney for white King. guy to say it Rodney in King. front of black crowd. In front of black crowd. And now, how about you right now? You're reacting 25 years later. And he goes, goes, and I thought he would help me out because he's known for the assist in basketball. He just goes, oh, Craig. Oh, Craig, you are bad. Everybody, that was Craig, not me. <laughs> right in the wood chipper. The accent. So, the, so then, the, so the, Davey, the love Davey, Davey, and then he would go, Davey. And he didn't want to look good, the bad. The fucking accent and I had to tell is all not these, magic, I had, I, had to tell, I had to tell all these celebrity jokes, right? Again. And he didn't want to look bad. Oh. He, so his, his, his line, he go, oh, Craig, you are bad. <laughs> now he's not going to come on the show. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's not the reason. If you could pronounce the movie they're starring in. Michael Clark Duncan was in Armageddon. Jamie, I swear to God, he's reading a cue card. goes, up next from the movie, I'm a good dude to Now he is from I'm a good dude to I'm a good dude. I'm a good dude to do. Craig, bro. how do you say that word? I say, just bro. say end of the world. Bro. Opening, ep- bro, opening episode. I'm trying to keep it a two-minute story. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. I'm sitting there with two legends. Don't say it. And I, and I, I'm, I'm the Don't UN say tra- how he said his name. I'm going to say it. So here we go. He goes, it's a kiss-up Hollywood conversation. This is word for word. Jamie, watch. Arnold, the reason I has you a guest on my premier talk show, you make a lot of money for a lot of the needy people, folks. Don't he give it up for the needy? Yeah. No, my, you don't want to give all the money back on my right. He's got the AIDS awareness, the Magic Johnson Tira in the hood, in the California. No, come on, Arnold. You don't want them Special Olympics helping those needy kids. And I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to blend in? So I lean over. Almost gave up Buck the homeless guy. He never changed for a 10. Oh, Craig. You are bad. You got a homeless guy's got to come on the show. I got fired in the middle of the show on day three. Hold on. That's in the a, middle of the show. You do that as a bit. No. I swear to Christ. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've said it, but I've said it on Stern and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've done. Oh, but you don't do it on stage. I don't really do it on stage, Oh, no. my God. Oh, Craig. No, so then Arsenio's the a guest. Arsenio's do the a guest. show. He ain't going to come on the show. End up with the high note. He's not going to come on. Oh, okay. Just end it with that. Yeah. I had more. But no, that's, no. I'm end over it, my two I want to hear the thing. He's oh, crazy. How he says it. He, you are bad. Yeah. Now, he's not going to come on the show. <laughs> so now, when people call Bob and Tom and these radio stations where I've done that story, anybody named Craig, they go, oh, Craig, <laughs> you are bad. Not going to come on the show. Wait a minute. So, yeah, I got fired in the middle of the show. Of what day show? Three, the, uh, of Arsenio? No. Arsenio happened to be the guest. He goes, we'll be back after this. And apparently that didn't include me. They walked up on stage and said, uh, the people upstairs decide you're going to be off the couch. You're done. Why? And, and, I go, and I go, what do you mean? They go, yeah, uh, he's having a problem with his sight lines. I go, well, then I'll lean up. You don't do that to me. I've tried. There's girls who wouldn't go to the prom with me that are watching. Hold on. That's my immediate response. Who fired you? In the middle of the show, they said, get off the couch. Who? The executives. Why? Because for whatever, I was getting, we were getting bad reviews. But the rating, but well, the jokes the were being told to you. They told, I, yeah, but you can't, I can't, I, listen, Jamie. I, I get lo- it. I would have loved to go on national TV and go, I didn't write that. Oh. I'm a company guy. I didn't go, that wasn't my joke. I should have done that. But anyways, he goes, we'll be back after this. And they pulled me off the stage. And the first words out of Arsenio's, he goes, here's Arsenio Hall. He goes, Arsenio walks out. He goes, where's Shoe? Where's Shoe? He's funny. And he goes, I wanted to be with you alone. And anyway, then they would keep me because I had a contract. They kept me around for like the fifth segment. 
be like a cooking segment. He would take flour and go, here you go. He'd throw it at me. No, you're a cake, Craig. <laughs> you're a cake. <laughs> and then they fired me completely because I said something <sighs> on radio. Dude. So that's my career, bro. See, there, you, you, you're listening to me on the clock radio I'm going, this guy's crying. a legend. This guy's raising me. He's funny, and I still am. I'm killing oh, it out God. there, getting the standing ovations every show. But I'm never going to be discovered because I'm always that guy who just didn't get the sitcom. I never had it. Never had it happen. And the only one who's ever done for something for me is you. Not really. I mean, you really helped me that day. And Whoopi Goldberg has been unbelievable to me. Me and Whoopi. She's the best. Me and Whoopi. No matter what you think about her politically, is the sweetest person who's actually extended herself. What'd she do for you? One time she said on Comic Relief, I won't do it. She was the host. She goes, I won't do it unless Greg Shoemaker's on. That's how cool she is. Then I was a regular in Hollywood Squares. I was never a big celebrity, so I was always Craig Shoemaker to block. Oh. Uh, <laughs> when I'm, I'm looking on monitor, I'm the only way to do it. I'll take Antonio Banderas to lose. To block. Uh, yeah, I was always to block. But anyway, she got me on that show. She's done. I, I did a pilot for her, and she's just. Do you still talk to her? Yeah, I just stayed at her house, me and my sons. Where? In New in York? Jersey, in Jersey, yeah. Hold on, I'm listening. I she just is good people. Yeah, just just one of those, like, salt of the earth, really, like, a good person who cares. And uh, just, you know, what can I say? I, I, I posted something about that, and all these people got mad at me. She's this and she's that. I'm like, listen, politically, people can differ from you. It doesn't make them a bad person, because I can only tell you my experience with her. No matter what, it's not like we talk politics 24-7. It's like my experience is she's a great person. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's healthy. I, and I will always give love to the people that I have had a love relationship with. There's she, no reason not to. I would think that Whoopi would subscribe to the church of the joke first. Well, she's she admired, than she admired my talent. I yes. do know that. And then other people... That maybe some of the reason I didn't make it was like some people don't admire the talent. Some people don't get it. Some people think it's hacked. Some people, you know, I've had people who love Master. They're all opinionated about that. You know, I just go do what I do, though. And I'll tell you, lately, and you're even an inspiration. I watched you on stage during this pandemic, and you got out there, and it was like, I'm going, yeah, there you go, Jamie. There you go. And I'm the same way now. You mean I don't like care just talking about shit? Talking about the wow. real stuff, and Thank you know, you. and I watch your podcast, and you're doing that. That's what Russell Brand does, and I'm going, okay, you're sort of like, you know, now you're like a leading the way for me too, because that wasn't what I was known for, but now I'll get out there. I'm, I've, That's I'm, a big compliment. I, I have a big thing though. It's like, I mean, it's a little different than you. I come from this old OG cranky. I'm like OG cranky. I'm yeah, like, I'm an OG, but I'm cranky. And I've had it, and the pandemic really just sent me a whole other direction. I was always a big lefty, and I'm not anymore. I'll never go right, but I'll never go left. They're Whoa, intolerant. Yeah. They're intolerant. They won't look at certain things. They're in an echo chamber, and they just repeat themselves. And I'm done. I was never a member of that club anyway, even though I was, hey, I love being on the left, and I'd support it and yell, yell all day long. Nope, no more. I'm right here in my center pocket, very happy, being cranky. And they're going to call you a righty, though. That's the that's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. I've actually interviewed people like privately. I go, what is it? Like, you know, because they think you're a trumper. I go, well, but what if I'm not? Can I say something about that? Yeah. I mean, I've just lost control of this podcast, but I'm it's sorry. so funny. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, Jamie, you are bad. <laughs> you know, I'm not coming back on the pot. 
You get when he does the high. Go get the pop. That's how magic talks at the end. Do it. Say show again. Say come on. Show. (laughs) Wait. So hold on a second. What's crazy about people with Trump is, and there's a lot of people in Hollywood that secretly love Trump, and there's a lot of people in a comedy that love Trump. And they won't say it. Yeah. For some reason. By the way, I'm not one of them. These people that fucking somehow took control of the left. I don't know. What I laugh at is when Trump was at fucking the height of The Apprentice, I was on a show on NBC. And when he would go to the upfronts, you would see every star on NBC executives oh, yeah. suck his balls. Oh, right. Oh, because he was not only the right. biggest person on the network, he was the biggest person on the fucking TV. Yeah. And they would be blowing him to wow. get, like, near The Apprentice. So Hollywood, isn't it? And then those same... I can name names. I'm not going to, but eventually I will. Who are so against him now that I'm like... I saw you at the fucking ho- the ambassador hotel. Some of his best friends. Yeah, like, I'm like, wait a minute. You were fucking, he was yeah. grabbing a quiche. You were grabbing, like, so that's when I said, you're all pussies. Like, so I, these are a bunch of, you want to talk about insecurity? These are people that are insecure. They don't want to look bad. They are, like, are in front of their friends. It's like people at the, the lab the other night, I was doing this joke, and I saw this lady laughing, but holding her laugh because yeah, her friend wasn't afraid. laughing. Yeah, right. It's like, be an individual. That's what's going I've on. I've actually had comics that are friends of mine. I won't name names, but they... That we, what? We, we've had a hundred today of, we won't name names, but we'll say, you can't do that bit. And they're a comedian? Yeah. They're not a comedian. They're not a comedian. But they are. They're not a comedian. But they're so wrapped in. They're not a comedian. Into that voice. They are not a comedian. I'm with you, but if I name the names, you would say they are, and it'll be a surprise to you. But there are some people that have gone down that road, and that's why I'm proud of myself. I left that left because they're just so narrow minded, even though it's like they tend to be smart. Tend to be, but but not smart when it comes to certain things. Not they world don't step smart. Back. Not world smart. Not world smart. No. They're bookish. Book smart. Exactly fucking right. Fucking wiring. So there's an illusion. There's an illusion that they're smart. Insecure. Right. They're not right. subway smart. Right. They're not fifteenth no. and no. fucking Broad Street and that's smart. Where I am. They're yeah. not Northeast Philly right. smart. No, I, right. I, I I hate those. And people. none of them have been brought up. They're the way, academics. The way we were brought up. No. They're not where like you had, sizing the situation, yeah, fucking Puerto Rican gang member. But you have to be able to size a situation. Exactly. You don't go with one way. You don't go with a narrative that is put down your throat every single day. Jamie, the other thing I do is I'm off the news, and I will not watch one news program. I know. It's You're all a big sponsored. guy off the news. It's You're all right. sponsored. Yeah, I agree with you. Every bit of it is. But not, I like to see what's going not. on sometimes, but you're 100% right. But you don't need to. I'll find out as much as you know. No, it, I'll it find it on Twitter. It comes across your, you know, somebody will say, oh, this happened, that happened. But by the way, it doesn't even have an effect on us. A lot of these things has no effect on us whatsoever. I I just got to live my life and have fun. But the thing is, I cannot believe the way they come after comedians. And you know why, right? We're truth tellers. We are the curtain pullers. What are you talking about? FCC's after us. Oh, yeah, right, the world. Right, right, wing, thought, is, but, right wing is but, after us. Left wing is but after us. Our, own, con- our own kind are after us. That's what's crazy. Here's what our I want to say. Our own kind are after us. I did us. a show. 
I did a show in a place the other night, and I'll I'll name the name because I'm actually kind of I'll I'll decide if I cut it or not. And before I went on, the guy who had the show said, "Oh, Brad Garrett's in the crowd." Yeah. And the only club I've never played in Vegas is Brad's. Now, what do you think the reason is? Well, when I do Vegas, I would do South Point, I would do GVR, I would do big shows, and then yeah, me too. And then I would do, I did the Thomas Mack uh, University, yeah, yeah. and I did um, the, but not a smaller version, not the whole mm-hmm. And I've done Harry, I do Factory sure. all the time. I do Kimmel's. Uh, I done the strat. So somebody without me knowing put my name in to the mix and I was like, Well, I you know, let my agent do that and they basically told me the feedback was yeah, he's not right for our club. Now this was an old booker, I guess. Elaine? Yeah. And so but it's different. Like when I go, I get the door, I get a nice Payday. Not there. No. That was right. a mistake I made. But I don't know about it. So long story, I don't even know if we can keep this in. But anyway, I didn't I me and him had the same accountant, but I've never met him. Really? And he's a legend. And so my kids my kid went to the prom with his daughter, by the way. Wow. How weird is that? Small yeah. world. Way random, but go ahead. He's at the show just chilling. I have a really good set. It's the end of the night. People are tired, but it was still good and I was half entertaining. Where half, is this? It's in Malibu. And it's half uh, it's a new room. It's incredible. I'll tell you about it off the air. And half of it is like like you said, pushing the envelope on the vaxes and stuff. And right after, I went right up to him and I shook his hand. I said, "You're a legend." He's like, "Grace, you know, I got do his voice. I got to get my voice up." He, Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, he's like, "Good segue." <laughs> he was like, "Good to see you." Good. And I don't know if he liked me, but I think if I wanted to play his club, I probably could. But I don't know if he liked me. But apparently, did you do the material? Yeah, I did about, my material. About no, I'm talking about the vax and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Probably. And not. I don't know. Really. Probably not. Really. Yep. Really. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Did you see there were people like Stephen Colbert that would say their promo was "I'm vaxxed and I'm you know basically he does uh, a dancing needle bit. Basically, That's insane. Like I'm right and you are wrong if you ever. There's other people that say you should die. You should die if Wait you have that. Wait a minute, but opinion. here's a guy who's a, who's a real intense dude. Mm-hmm. He's a back east guy. Who? Brad Garrett. He's not a back east guy. Where's he from? Where'd you get that from? Where's he from? Here in the valley. Oh, he is? Absolutely, yeah. He might have hated me. <laughs> I had a good set, but he might have hated me. There's a chance. Wow. I can't speak for him, but I, I do know... Very, very political. He is, right? Very, yes. And that's, I mean, I'm not talking out of line. It's on his Instagram. Oh. Yeah. People are dying left and right because of the lies. So, it's crazy. Don't tell me, man. But listen, that's the whole thing. Let me ask you one thing, because I, I had a meeting, but I'm trying to push it back. Dude, hold on a second. That's, it's interesting. Um. Uh. Okay. So... Dude, I got to go into this because you said something and there's two more things I got to say. Okay. That's fascinating. I knew it. I'm like, but there's a new booker now. Mm-hmm. And so I hear but that it, she likes me. But it doesn't matter because 
it's less money. Yeah, no, it's just and the you can't ego. Get a, no, you, you can't get a deal. No, it's just the ego. That's very clear. Huh? I, I left South Point to do them a solid and go over there, but it was very clear that you only can make this amount. We're going to draw without you and your draw. Because I always tell people I, I draw and I do. Yeah. And you can make a better deal. Nope, not a dime extra. It doesn't matter. So you're not going to be on that roster anyway. You probably don't want to be on that roster. Well, no, it's just a matter of like I've played everywhere. I went in the room once on an off night. I looked at it. I'm like, this is a great room. Beautiful. I like to do 15 minutes here. I mean, I played the cellar. They treat you right, the whole deal. Yeah. Stay in a beautiful hotel, the whole deal. But you would not, probably don't want the money. But yeah, I probably don't, but I just want the acceptance. You know what I mean? That's, that's, you want him to say, I want you, and you go, I can't work for that money. That's what you Yeah, want. but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. That's fine. Okay. Hold on a second. So let me ask you this. Uh, okay. Yes. So, dude, talking about this stuff, and we said so many different things. Okay. Let me just look at something right here. We're going to edit some around this. Don't you worry about this. Uh, okay. I told you. Okay. You, you have such ADD, but then you fuck me up. Okay. There's two things I want to talk to you. Do you think it's like a virus, my ADD? Do you actually think you can catch my ADD? Because it looks like it is working. I think you got it. You might not want to get yourself tested. Here, you said I was cranky after the show, and I want to address this. And there's two points to this. One is with me, and one is with someone else. You want, okay, you want to defend yourself? 1,000%. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I can't just say you're cranky, and you, do you think that you're not? I was aggressive, but there was a... I, the, what I want to say is there's a reason why, and I don't think you see any reason why I should have been. You didn't. You didn't ask me that. Well, that's how I feel, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, not only that, you are, I bet you don't know this about the story. The person that you were going after, my, my really close assistant who works for me is her best friend. We were cheering you that you did that because you literally said something that we say to her all the time. You go like this, you go, you don't listen. And we're going, oh my God, you just met her. That's I said it all the time. I actually don't work with her anymore. She does not listen. So you attacked her on the stuff that you were our voice. So our crank. So, so then you liked my crankiness. I didn't say I didn't like your crankiness. I was just noticing it. No, you were cranky about like the parking or whatever that that you did to me. No. Okay. Well, can the, I tell you my part after you tell there's your? There's different. It's in cranky, and you went after her, but we liked that you went after her. Who was the other person that liked that? Me and Michelle, my assistant. Okay. That's her best friend. We both complain about her all the time. She does not listen. And you were you said the words, hey, you, not, you don't listen. Are you not friends with her anymore? Yeah, I'm friends. She's cool. No, she, she actually likes my stuff on Instagram. No, no, no. She no, of course. And I will tell her to her face that she doesn't listen. Here's, if she's watching this, she's gonna go, Yeah, he's told me that a bunch of times. Because I'm her Sherpa. Like right. she calls me her Sherpa. And I, I try to guide her through comedy, but I had to quit. Because I'm just, if you're not going to listen, I'm not going to coach you. I coach a lot of people. Which is also, I don't know if you can do that. You don't know if I can coach people? I love it. Here's the situation. Yeah. I got to go back to it. But in comedy, no. I don't think people should pay $5 to do an open mic. And I don't think anyone 
you can't learn comedy. You can learn tricks, but to me, you have to get in front of a crowd and you have to fucking trial by error. And you can't make someone funny. I disagree. But you can make... But I will combine it with yours, though. I agree with that part of it. What I'm saying is to lead to that, to be able to do that, you, there are certain things you can work on with yourself. I always say it's not even about the jokes. It's about getting to know you. It's the off stage. There, getting to know you is the most important thing. I will say this. That's who answers can, in a podcast. Who's responding to you? My jokes? You Every can, time I've done a joke, you haven't laughed because you're going, oh, that's a joke. Who, me? <laughs> Just kidding. I laughed at magic. You can. Oh, Jamie, you are oh, on the show. Listen, you. I'm I'm hot and cold with it, but yes, you actually can shape someone to do ten minutes. You can do that, and you can teach them delivery and element of surprise, like open up the door. What's the, behind the door? What's the biggest surprise? This is your opinion, by the way, not my experience. Uh, not at all. I actually have a coaching program that has I. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm so happy with it. Real estate people go to me. A guy class me on That's retainer. That's different. That's okay, different. These aren't it's like different. But I'm talking comedians. about developing right. your sense of self, which is your sense that's of humor. That's different. Okay. Okay. But let's just go back because that's a whole other thing. I'm not trying to – I'm not saying you can't do certain stuff. But, like, there's comics that you never heard of that haven't done 12 minutes and they're fucking trying to coach comedy. That's not you. You know what I'm saying? No. That's what pisses me off. Okay. Um, I got oh, that's true, though. Yeah. So There's a theory, though, that they could be like Tommy Lasorda was a lousy player, but he was a pretty good manager. I mean, there's a lot of the great you, managers in baseball. But he proved it players. on the biggest stage. I'm talking about in fucking Canoga Park. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Victorville. I know what you're saying. I could argue with you, but we don't have time. But Okay. So, right. um, but you're known, so it's different. Okay. Listen. So the, you asked me to do a gig, and so when you asked me to do a gig, uh-huh. all responsibilities is on you. According to you. A thousand percent. Do you want the comment section to light this up? Because they will. Uh, let's put okay. it out there. Uh, wh- we will. He we'll asked me to do a gig of a club. Am I going to have a side on this? Am I, yes, I'm of course you can. Right, go ahead. Here's the situation. Yeah. He asked me to do a gig. An amazing venue that I played back in the day a couple times. With me. Yeah, but I also did it alone. Right. Okay. And it's an amazing, it should be a weekly or a monthly club. It's incredible. They do music, they all type of comedy, yeah. they do all type of stuff. It's a yeah, legendary spot. Yeah. And then at the end of the gig, when it came to square up, and there's not a lot of money, it's not whatever. No. The person that was in charge of paying me, who I thought would be him, because he asked me to do the gig. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there at the end of the gig, although you stayed for most of it. By the way, rare that I ever was there. Okay, but you left. And so then the lady was stuck paying me this new coachable person who ended up being sweet, who I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I said, hey, listen, can I talk about the, because I got to go. And she goes, listen, let me pay these guys first and then I'll pay you. (laughs) And so she wanted to make sure she took care of the MC, another opener, another opener, which I didn't book, which you booked. And then. Then she was going to get to me. Okay. 
So I was fourth class citizen. You then came back. I'm like, yo, who's this chick? Why is she stepping to me? You're like, it's out of my hands, bro. And that's when I got cranky because to me that was zero responsibility. If I invite you here to do this pod and you end up doing a pod with my neighbor, Big difference. I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring that parallel in when it's my turn to talk. So that I was, think even though they're your fans, they they might comment when they hear well, here, the when they hear my perspective. You, which I, I think I can up, I can bring an analogy. I ended up in, cleaning even more it up. Accurate. I ended up cleaning it up. The lady ended up paying me. It wasn't a big deal. Right. It was that I went to the guy who ran the venue. He didn't know. I ran to the other guy. He didn't know. She was the neophyte in it. And so you should have been like, "This is what he's owed. This is what it is." Mm-hmm. Or you should have said, Jamie, you're booked. That chick is running the show. That's who's going to pay you. I didn't know any of that. Mm. Go ahead. Well, that part I'm not aware of. But I will tell you, if I was doing your podcast and you had a producer, the producer would handle all of the minutiae. They would handle every single thing. It would be them. That's what you would do. And that's what she was. I'm not going to do that. Just like the, the gig in Carson City that I'm offering, I have no stake in it. You don't know this about me. I turn people on to gigs all the time. Yeah. I'm not responsible from that point forward, paying, arranging, everything. There's no way I could have done that with that club. What I did was I brought my friends in there, and then I let her run it. I had someone before her running it, and that's who ran it. So I, 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 it was a horrible gig for money. I lost a fortune because because it was nobody there every night. You, you might have drawn – a few people, but no, nothing. Uh, we extraordinary. had a good crowd, Not, but nothing, nothing that's ever going to put. No, but you actually said that was one of the, the more busier shows. It was, and I was like 70 people. Right? Yeah. And that's not a lot. That's not going to pay the bill. Of course. So the point was, I was trying to supply a venue for people during the pandemic on a weeknight, drivable. I was trying to do that favor for everybody in the community, but I turned it over to someone who does need the work, who does need to be in the comedy business. I don't need that. Were you making any money? I lost a lot of money. Well, you were going to try to make money. Well, I, if I would have made money, it would have okay. been great. Did that would have been fantastic. Do you remember asking me multiple times to do the gig? Of course. Just okay. like I asked you multiple times to, to do, do this. Car- exactly. So you Which had- I have nothing to do with, except for turning my friend Jamie onto the gig. Okay. Where the comments? But you, Craig's a nice guy. You he, asked he me. on the gigs? He got you Comedy Magic Club years ago. And oh, my he, God. He I did things, too. Did, World's did, smallest he violin. Did, he, did, he didn't pay... He didn't pay, you didn't pay him then, did you, Craig? <laughs> when he got him Listen, <laughs> now you're diverting. You want to talk about your psychology? <laughs> Divert. So, long story, not boring, is that I just felt that you really were like, do this gig, do this gig, do this gig. I probably have the text where you were pretty adamant. You weren't like, do this gig, do this gig, do this gig. This new chick's going to run it. So, I assumed it was you. Uh, okay. Excuse me for assuming. We ended up working it out. It's fine. Yeah. I have no beef with the lady. Well, now you don't. You don't I have got it out today. You have it. But going on that thing of whatever belief system there is. Listen, her her thing is was like, I just did an hour. You see, you complimented me. Best. I'm after I'm done, I'm dead. You're dead. You do a ninety minutes. You're dead. The last thing I want to do is haggle for a breadstick. And so she should have been like, Hey, let me figure this out with you. But she was like, let me get the third My perspective op- is the third opener first. She's new and like, great. Let, let it go. Let it go. I did let it go, but I'm just talking about. No, you're still talking about a no, year later. No, no. It's a year later. 
Isn't it? That's what cancer is, bro. <laughs> no, I'm serious. See, I we're just having a good conversation, but that's what cancer is. Until now. Cancer is not get. This isn't bad. Is this bad to talk about? Cancer is harboring. I'm not harboring anything. I'm trying to show you my point. Okay. And I don't know if you see it. The simple is I like, totally see it. But you it. just said something that's so annoying, and I love you, but it's annoying. What was She's annoying? She's new. She, that's annoying. <laughs> okay. Know what that does? Zero accountability. Let me explain something to you. I'm going to give you a story. Have you ever had a producer on here? Yes. Yeah. And they handle it. You're talking to one. They handle it. Okay. Not the way I would have. Okay. Here's an example of new. Let me give you an example. And I'm going to name every goddamn fucking name so you can, uh, we can compare this. Okay. I get a movie called As Good As It Gets. Use we called Old Friends. It became As Good As It Gets. You heard of the movie? Seen the movie. Okay. I get on the set the very first day, and I don't care. I'll tell the story. James L. Brooks comes to my trailer, and I'm all ready to do my lines. And he goes, I got to tell you, man, uh, I want you for the other role, not this role. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, I like this other guy for that hustler role. There was like three of us that were hustlers. Skeet was the star hustler. And then there was me and this guy, Justin. And it was kind of similar, but one guy had more lines. He's like, he's more the leader in this one. You're the follower. And I said, but I auditioned. He goes, I know you auditioned. I know you played. And he goes, if you want to call your agent, you can go for it. But you got to be on set in 40 minutes. Yeah. Is that guy me in this story? <laughs> no. Okay. You guys are everyone that would have called your agent. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you understand? James L. Brooks is a lot higher than the Canoga Park gig. And I was like, fucking, I called my agent. I said, I'm doing the movie. I just want to let you know this. And they were like, it's up to you. That's not the way. You were in that movie? Yes, my part got cut down. What am I going to do? Say no? I was fucking happy to be in a fucking set. Sure. And I fucking took it. You're probably and, paid the same, too. Yeah, I was paid great. Yeah. And the bottom line is, he's James L. fucking Brooks. Right. And I fucking would fucking, if he said you're an extra, I would have stayed. So I was new, but I knew that the creator of Taxi was fucking telling me to shut the fuck up, and Jack Nicholson was in the trailer over. So I would believe that the Canyon Club contingent would go. So the new thing was just no. You understand? There's levels to that. Is that you're not with me still? No. Wow! <laughs> Meaning I've maneuvered this whole game. So she should just be like, what do you need, dog? Yeah, of course she should. But you should have been like, what do you need? And so then you brought up my parking, which was like weird. It was just like, there was there was a lot of that gig that was not professionally done. And you're going to say I'm a diva, and I'm going to say it wasn't professional. So you, we'll probably you are, You're not the only one. I had another headliner. I wasn't even there for that. But you also I brought he three went on people his, I, in the heard, fucking Jeff Garland's room. I heard he went up uh, one person. Yeah. One, one. Okay, let's not exaggerate. So this other guy, he's a big pro. I love him. He's funny as hell. I wasn't even there, and I heard he just attacked the whole place, including her. So you're you're not alone. I'll give you his name after the. You can call you him up. Say his name now. And you guys could be. I buds. just said James L. Brooks. Can you believe that? The, can you believe that Shoemaker did that to both of us? 
I don't have. Listen, if you stuck we had, us with this newbie. If we had beef, is that is that your final question? I want no. to end on something really good. No, so but my, there's no question. So it's like in this, we were talking about this on the phone. In the entitlement. Oh. By the way, that would be great. By the way, people love the like, I, dude. When I look at you, bro, like you've only allowed me to be comfortable with you, mm-hmm. but my respect for you is huge. Okay, thank you. And I only fight back, well, like if I really feel like I'm wronged or something. But I would, ne- I don't, you know, if I'm if I'm disrespectful, like you would have to say, hey, dude, you're being disrespectful, and I apologize. But I, I, I have a I rough would, time going with that word. Okay, you'd have to really, really. No, you're you're um, very chill. Yeah. For as, as legendary as you are, as talented as you are, as how many people you started in this business, you're very chill. Now, you can get intense at times, okay? Oh, yeah, I get intense, but, but it's about but other things. But there's nothing wrong that, with that. It's, it's about but, things that aren't maybe but, even normal. But when I was coming up, and I just respect thing, this, though, is I don't feel like I'm entitled to any respect, necessarily. I'm talking about entitled to respect. I can earn respect by getting to know people... And yes. then, and then if you, then if you went over the edge, and even that, I'm, I'm not even sure what the edge would be. I don't know. I know about you're that pretty, you're, you're pretty open minded. So let's, let's stay here. Yeah. So I was talking to you about this off air, and which said we would be good on here is the entitlement of like the generation of new comics, entitlement of people. <sighs> and I don't, I feel like I see people that are that are huge, and I just look down. I don't talk to them until they talk to me. Because like I, right. I give people that's how I was raised, you know. In the see, same way. See George Lopez, you know. I look down. I see until they say what's up or Jerry Seinfeld. You know what I mean? That's that's how I was raised. You know, it's like they always. My dad would say, "Little people should be seen, never heard." Meaning, like, kid. I'm, I'm the same way, yeah. and I won't talk to the. I barely. If I do, I go, "Hi, my name is Craig." Shimmy. Yeah, and they always I, go. I know you. Yeah. What, are you kidding me? You know, I let I let, but I don't walk John in. Travolta I don't does walk that. in. No, you don't. John Travolta no. introduced himself and says, "Hi, I'm exactly. John." Exactly, he's incredible. And a lot of people go, "No shit." Yeah, you know. But they, and with me, they even do it. And I'm not famous, but they'll go, "Oh, are you kidding me?" I a lot of do what you said. By the way, I listen to you on the radio. Yeah, I, all that kind of stuff, and it's very nice. And that's where the nice respect level comes in. But I give it right back. Yes, I have absolute respect. You're I have, very respectful. I have reverence for this business. In my opinion, this is the toughest art form, and yet the most disrespected art form. I am so, I cannot believe the way the Academy Awards treat us, where there's no comedy category. I had to talk with Whoopi about this. I was surprised she supported the Academy in this. I was really surprised, and we had a little disagreement on this. But I cannot believe they use us as court jesters. And and that whole thing where they gave Will Smith a standing ovation for the dis- ultimate disrespect of one of our greatest comics Of ever, all time. Of ever. And he and he went up there and he did the most disrespectful thing you can actually even do. If he punched him, it would have been less disrespectful. Yeah. But that slap, and then they gave him a standing ovation. These phonies in Hollywood gave him a standing ovation. He should have been arrested. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, that's where I feel it was a bitch move. It was, and it, we're that, both that, from that, Philly. That, oh, that was a oh, bitch oh. move. And to not hit him back. Sixty third, bro. You're right, from Sixty right. third Street. Yeah, it was. Let's just say what yeah, it is. It is what it is. A right, bitch right, right. move. Yeah, a big time. And he treated him like a bitch. And that was. And I something. love Will Smith. I do too. I do too. Always did. But this was team look, Chris he, he, all day. By on the way, this. he did a hundred percent. But I'm team comedians, and we are so disregarded, disrespected, and I do believe it's because we are Toto for the Wizard of Oz. We pull that curtain, and people are threatened by it. 
Thousand They're threatened percent. by the curtains we pulled. We tell the truth. We were the first ones during the pandemic to start telling it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to hear it. They shut us down. They shut you down. The FCC shuts you down. Right wing shuts you down if you make fun of their boy Trump. Left wing shuts you down if you make fun of anything to do with the, the left. That is, they're absolutely intolerant. And yet the comedians, we are making you happy. We make you happy. And yet we're so disregarded. Look at how many, I mean, it's the, the reality shows instead of sitcoms. It's, it's ridiculous. Where did the sitcom go? I, the art form of the sitcom went away. Comedies went, went away. But I'm telling you, it's going to start switching. There's a comedy boom that's happening right now because guess what? The people are in charge, not Hollywood. And Hollywood's going to catch the people again. That's how the boom is happening. Fuck Hollywood. They're gonna, but that's what I say. And by the way, we're packing up. I packed. The I Tuesday love night. Hollywood. I packed a Tuesday night. The guy goes, I go, well, I packed a Tuesday. He goes, don't get high on yourself. He goes, we pack so much, I have to open on Mondays. He goes, there's a boom happening now. It was in Florida. Absolutely boom. And that, because people need to laugh. They don't want to be told what to do. They want the, the truth, too. And they want the truth. Yes. And that's what we're here for. And the fact we're that people, to, I, you're you're so right. And comedy is way bigger than rock and roll right now. Absolutely. Rock and roll are a bunch of pussies. They're not pushing the envelope at all. Podcasting and comedy is where it's at. Absolutely. And people's sense of humor has never even been better or worse. All of these fake shouts. Fake, yeah. fucking virtue signaling pussies oh my god trying to make look good for their friends get the fuck out well, how of about here. the whole masking thing you know, guys yelling at me put a mask on meanwhile his nose is sticking out one of those hypocrites it's like putting a condom on your testicles you jerk off i mean remember that word <laughs> jerk off in philadelphia i love the word jerk off i never had and, condom on the <laughs> testicles <laughs> and then, you know, and you sit down. And you have a steak in front of you. Or there's no COVID. You're making a perimeter. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just it, people went out of their minds, stupid. But that's that Hollywood, the Hollywood thing where they just they're so afraid, and we're not afraid. And that's why comedians should be revered, not be considered the court jesters. We should be revered as the greatest artists there are because we write it, we produce it, we direct it, we choreograph it. We're makeup, hair, lights. We are every single thing, every element. We have a microphone and that's it. Everyone else, these actors, oh my God, and acting for this and acting for that. You have a script, you have CGI, you have a director, you have everything, every support possible. We have to write all of our own material, work it out in the middle of the night in front of people that are yelling at you. Now they have a permission because of Will Smith. They have a permission. Oh, open up the gates on that kind of heckle. Oh, now you can come up and slap somebody. That's how disregarded we are. And it's ridiculous when we should be, people should go, oh my God, we don't even get reviewed. They review rock, they review art, they review theater, they review every single thing except for comedians. You ever see reviews of comedians? There was no Cisco and Eber for comedians. There should have been. There should be absolute reviews in every magazine of all the comics, and we should be absolutely be put up into a place of we are entitled to that because we put in our time, and we put in our time for them. We put it in for them, for the audience, other people are doing it for themselves. Actors are doing it for themselves. They want to get accolades and awards and thank people so they can have those people hire them again. That's why they're doing the speeches. Speeches have nothing to do with anything except for your own narcissism, self-involvement. We are giving to people all the time, bringing healing medicine of laughter. That's what we bring all the time. Whoops. This went a little. That was my other side. Namaste. <laughs> I am so glad that I did not fucking talk. Let me tell you something. You agree? 
It's almost like you said so much there. I have to like latch on a couple of things. Comics are, I'm going to say this, are a superior life form. Absolutely. That's not a brag. No. You break it down, Jamie, like I did. It's a fact that it, we do those things. That's not. That's a fact, and people know it. Un, but we've been trained to take the comic down. Mm-hmm. We've been trained. The word heckle comes to comedians. Mm-hmm. You don't go heckle a theater. You don't stop a projector and go, "This is offensive." Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen everybody during a movie go, "Hey, wait a minute. They just that's racism. That's racism." No, they stop mm-hmm. us because they have to virtue signal. I say, "Why don't you save it? Why don't you DM me and to come up to me personally and tell me I said something offensive, and I will switch it if I need to." Someone told me a bad word. I didn't realize it was a bad word. Educate us. Don't take somebody down. Take their career down. They'll take a career down of a comedian before they will anyone else. Let me let me comment on that Sorry. because you're, the oxygen is incredible. How you still can talk, <laughs> dude. You're 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 hitting such a deep moment right now. This this is my first manager ever, Pam Thomas. Shout out. I love you said comedy is one of, I want to believe, seven forms of intelligence. There's different forms. And she's like a comic, a real comic, a real comedian. Okay, not somebody. And that means they judge by a jury of your peers and an audience. Okay, to me, if you're making an audience laugh, that's one part of it. Another part is knowing, making those comedians laugh. Okay. Scale it and sustain it's another thing. Exactly. Many levels to it. But a real comedian... To be able to, she says, to walk into a room of strangers, make them laugh, have things come at you shrapnel, size it up, maybe do an impression of that person, go back and forth, not lose your footing. Like there's seven or eight elements that could happen within a show. Yeah. And to be able to size all that at the end, either to get a standing ovation or a lot of claps or whatever, she goes, it's very fucking rare. And yeah. what you're saying is what I feel more than ever is I go out and the people that get it are like, thank you. Yeah. They're and thanking us on another level now. Yes. That's what the pandemic did. And the because people they, that they, don't they, like they, us are more. They're, they're doubling down. They're doubling down. Yes. Because you know what, Jamie? I'm going to tell you what it is. They know they're wrong. They know they're wrong. Let Deep it down, out. they know they are wrong. Let it out. They know that they were not open-minded. That's why I left the liberals, because I always thought liberalism was being open-minded. It is not being open-minded. It's the opposite. They are in a follower group, just like they, the people they accuse of being followers. They follow, just like a religion, they follow the Hollywood narrative, whatever it is. Here's who you have to have a ribbon on for. Here's your, your cause that we're going to tell you what your cause is. Here's your enemy. This is your enemy. This is your racist. They're your ist, ist, ist. This is your ist, your feminist, your... your, your or phobe, 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 We got phobe, phobe, phobe. They label you. They label you, and they put the label on you. They affix it on you, like they they're a judge and jury themselves. And they're so and they're all dirty. And they're so they're all dirty. They're so dirty. You know what they're doing underneath it? They're all dirty. Projecting. They're projecting their own stuff that they can't examine themselves. And we are the great examiners. You know what we do when we do comedy? We examine deep. We go way deep in our own souls, in our own pain, in our own suffering. We go way down deep. 
and we bring it to you for your healing, for your uh, being wonderment, for your curiosity, for your experience, so you can have an experience. It's ethereal. It's literally ethereal. It's spiritual. I want to build a bridge from the woo-woo people to the ha-ha, because spiritual people are too serious, thinking to sit on a rock in Sedona for enlightenment, woo-woo-woo-woo, and you got the comedians, sometimes they're too cynical and sarcastic, they don't realize how we have the power, the divine power, and we are letting this light out, and we're letting it out, and we're bringing it to other people into a dark world. We're bringing the light, and you know what they're doing? Trying to extinguish that light. They can't take it. They're in such fear, and they're taught fear, they're and the left, the left wing does it, and the right wing does they're it. Filthy. I'll never watch another news program. Their whole goal is to keep you in fear, and then the drug company sponsors the news that handles the anxiety they just gave you. Here's a drug for that we just we just told you how upset you should be, how you're depressed. Oh, here's the, here's the answer for it. With here's 9, the side 000, effects. Nine thousand side effects. Cuts, cause itching, swelling, loss of hearing, pneumonia, vomiting, diarrhea. Hold on, diarrhea. <laughs> Hold that thought. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of thoughts. I, I I'm with you. A thousand percent. If I you, knew you were. I you, watch your podcast. If you punch me in the face and stole a hundred thousand dollars from me, I would still agree with you, <laughs> because your soul is aligned, and what you're saying is, I have to comment two things. A is these people that virtue signal, they're all. It's like here's like this. Like, if you're a good comedian, let's just say something simple. Bill Dawes had a brilliant. He said. Our job is our social life. Mm. And like Bill's like, why would a comedian ever go to a club to hang out, to meet women when we're on stage and we are the club? Mm -hmm. And it was a really brilliant thing to say. And if you're worth your salt as a performer, as a great comedic mind, people are going to be attracted to you. Men want to be you. Women want to be with you, right? And when you talk about these people that are virtue signaling, I believe these are people that really don't have a lot of social skills. They don't have life skills. And they have no life skills. And they these are the people that have this nerd rage, That's right. this fucking awkwardness. And they're the people that you find that when they like love these people. And then you find out, oh, it's six sexual assaults and this. They want to be in a gang. They want to be in a, accepted in a gang. And the gang is people that take down other people. Yes. That's their goal in life is to take down other people. You know what gang we're in, Jamie? My. We're here to uplift people. Let's not, let's not be or me melancholy. Or Pollyanna them think, about it. Them we are there to uplift and empower. We are, we are empowering, uplifting. We're giving them the power to absolutely tap into their own creator in their own mind. Okay. We're actually accessing that for them. My book is called Get Out of Line and Into Alignment. You get out of these lines of people, don't ever get in anybody's line. Don't ever follow any. I deify nobody. No man, no woman is deified in my world. The world is inside of us, and we bring that creator and that creativity out to the public, and that's what we do. We fulfill so a service. You're going a little woo-woo on this, but stay with me. Sorry. Okay. Here's what I want to say is George Carlin uh, made me laugh as the third thing in the, in the end of Bro, his life. I'm with you. He, to me, the greatest I'm comedic so mind ever, he, made, he empowered the people. Oh. He made you think. That's why was he cool. made clips you, are coming out to yeah, this day. He made you uprise, yeah. and then you laughed. Like, you could argue that his fourth thing was making you laugh. I, I'm he, with you. He, I, I never so, belly laughed at him. I Well, I know. I'm talking no, belly laugh. I've laughed at him. I'm talking about belly laugh. But like, I know my shows that people belly laugh. They, yeah. can't, they hurt themselves. They say, I pulled Paulie because their jaw hurts. They've been laughing so long. I love that. 
Yeah. George Carlin didn't do that to me, but he did something better. He could well, I can't I can't take my eyes off him or my ears off of him. Like I I'm a I absorb it's everything a thought he says. Machine. Yes. Yeah. So on that note is like people ask me, because we talked about this in the beginning of the pod, is like, what do you like better, acting or comedy? I'm like, I love them both more. I love them both. Everything you said about the art form is a thousand percent correct about how it's disrespected and you made some amazing points. Is that I say now more than ever, it's more important for me to do comedy. Yeah, 100%. Because I don't want to be someone's little fucking doll. By the way, the acting's easy. Yeah, it is a joke. It's easy. It really is. Any actor watching this, it's a Try joke. Try comedy. Try anyone. I can Try fucking one do it. I can Try. make anyone a good Try actor. Try one minute of, of comedy. Yeah. One minute. Any person yeah. who's an actor, I will go up against you all day. Absolutely. It's not fucking hard. But try to do comedy... It's a whole other ball of wax. Plus, you have a support system. Exactly. If you're an actor, and you, you have, have everybody none. around you, you can actually check. Well, did I do that okay? Hey, try it this and way. And you know what? Have you ever had Talk anybody in this. comedy? Let me get, let me get my rant out. And there's a level of insecurity yeah. with these people. Oh, it's all this and this and this and this. It's like, no, you can't. Any a, a good comic worth his salt can also be a great actor because you Absolutely. can dig the fuck in and commit. Oh. And I'm not saying there's not great actors. There are. But don't fucking exalt that art form and shit on this right. as like the fucking... The, the fucking crustacean of the sea, which they used to feed lobsters to prisoners and now and then lobster became... How do they not have a category for us? Because no I'm going to tell, tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. And, and, and comedy's now more important than ever. Like you said, Russell Brand. Because it's like this, dude. It's like this. I would never, ever, I wouldn't, I would never look at LeBron and think I could hit a three. And I've hit threes at the Staples Center in like fun mess around games, okay? But I would never, I would never, I would never look at, I would never look at someone from the, there's a guy who follows me. And I forget his name. His name is Stunting is a Habit. And he does a lot of LeBron's basketball in in um, in uh, Space Jam. He okay. was like the double. He's uh-huh. an incredible baller. I think he's in the G League. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever okay. went to the league. I, I, I couldn't even tie his shoes. Yeah. Okay? Tie his shoes. Mm-hmm. But yet, I could have 3,000 people at the will turn. And I could have some asshole in row four think they're funnier than me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what it is is because it's so subjective. It's a mixture of things. It's so subjective. Even though if you're killing, people can say you're a hack. Or it's so subjective and it's so polarizing to people that don't want to hear it. And it's so uncomfortable to peel the onion back on yourself. Not for me. I don't know why. Not for you. To really look at yourself. That that mixed with that mixed with the loosening physical nature of a laugh where you're like, ha ha, and you're disarmed. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is playtime. Yeah. And it's, it's that is why I, I believe it is so disrespect i believe it's also because of conditioning 
Yeah. We have conditioned for the language. Let's start with language. Language is so ridiculous. If I called you a fnifna, that could be my F word in another language, you fnifna. It's all the intent that's behind it. But they, th- that word is so offensive to people. I have corporate gigs that will not hire you if you use that word once. And it's a word that everyone uses. And so we're all phonies. When you start to go. That's, Which word? F, the, the, the Fuck. Okay. If you say fuck, it, I'm, what I'm saying is it's all relative. We've been trained that fuck, shit, whatever, the George Carlin words, that yeah. those are bad words. So comedians saying them are bad people. They're sinners. We are trained and conditioned to believe we should take these people down because they are committing sins. They're saying things that you shouldn't talk about. I thought you were going to say clown. Like clowns are disregarded. Are you clown you cl- you, or your goofy little show. Look at what we're told in our lives. We're programmed to go, don't be silly. Wipe that smile off your face. What are you laughing at? People are literally mad at you if you're laughing or they look at you like you're a weirdo. What if that was started to... What if that was started to be applauded and lauded? If we actually said to people, hey, that's great that you're laughing. What, what, what joke are you telling? Let's share jokes. You know what I do at my dinner table? You know what I do when I'm on the road? I tell my kids, I go, whoever has the best dad joke when I call you next on FaceTime, you're going to have to not do the dishes. You, you win the award. So now they're collecting good dad jokes. <laughs> and they're telling me, and they're hilarious. My kids telling them. They look them up on the internet. It's fantastic. That's what we share. We share that joy with one another, that light, that love, that Another levity. form this, of intelligence. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And, and my kids are smart as whips, too. And you know why? Because they're funny, and I lean on the funny. I don't forbid them and tell them, no, your condition, these comedians are saying the wrong things. That's how we're literally programmed to believe that comedians are the worst people. We're the worst people because we're talking about subjects that shouldn't be talked about. Who decides that they shouldn't be talked about? Society. It's society, though. It's the people in charge of society that don't want you to look under the covers, don't want you to look beyond that curtain like Toto. They don't want you to see what's back there, all the charades and all the, all, you know, the wizards back there with all the lightning and all the, all. they don't want you to see that because the they're frauds. And guess what? When he was discovered, but how did they react? They still went, oh, he's all right. He had been fooling them all those years. He had them in this Emerald City. And they were like, oh, it's okay. They're still applauding the guy. This goes to show you. It goes on to politics, too. We go to a war that we shouldn't have gone to. All these people killed. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No, but a comedian tells one bad joke. Louis C.K., whatever happened with him. Look what they did to that guy. Mm-hmm. But guess what else happened? He sells out everywhere because the people who aren't conditioned, the people are independents. We are independents. Not like these films, that they repeat these films, all the you know, Marvel Comics, 9,000 comes, CGI, $200,000 films. The best are the indies. The indies, million. these are the true people. We listen to our hearts, our souls, our true spirits. That's who we listen to, and we let that out for the people to consume. We give them something not toxic to consume, and then they have a reaction to it, and it's a beautiful reaction. And are we applauded for that? Are we lauded for that? No, we don't even get a review. It's like what he did wrong. Netflix specials do get reviews. The only reviews we get are what went wrong. That's true. That's what went wrong. Oh, you'll hear all about it if somebody, or they charge the stage for Dave Chappelle, or he says something that's a trans community, the community, all they're against with it. No one even knows the joke that he told, but oh, he's transphobic. That's what people do, but they live to do this. These keyboard cowards that sit back and they don't do anything with their lives except analyze and scrutinize people that are there for your wellness. We're there for their wellness and their happiness and their joy. We're supposed to pursue happiness in this country. Nobody's pursuing it, but the people are still coming out to see us, and that's fantastic. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take it over. It's going to reverse. 
Gonna reverse the paradigm, Jamie. Dude, that's incredible. I think that's a good place to end it. Cause, okay. Because I wanted to go one more, but I got to go to the toilet. Dude, you're incredible. Thanks for. And that rant was beautiful. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. This is going to be. Tell people where they can find you when you're on tour. Official Craig Shoemaker. Yeah, just go to his website. That's a, that's Instagram and Twitter. I'm the Love Master and. And, uh, yeah, CraigShoemaker.com. I do coach. I do know how to teach anyone how to be funnier. Anyone, because you can command a room if you're funny. Remember that. Always break walls. You can always break the ice. And I train people how to do that, and it's awesome. I'm loving it. I teach one-on-one and courses. I absolutely love it. This is the gift that I'm now going to share. I'm still doing stand-up. I don't want to do it as much. I really like the coaching. I love hanging, and I like hanging with you. Things like that light me up. Well, this, I've done it all before. You have. You yeah. have. And this was incredible, dude. I appreciate you coming. Thank you, man. You guys like, subscribe, go to my website, jamiekane.com, for all the updates. Peace. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.